welcome to episode 74 of Floating Through Film. This week we are taking one last uh, one week episode before we finally start our next series. It, it, it's been a while. It's yeah. been like a month and a half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, it's summer and everything, so. Yeah. But no, I am excited to start another series. But this will be a good episode too. We're doing, as the title says, uh, the 1960s movie draft. Yes, um, I guess before we actually get into the draft, we're just going to talk about in general what we think about the 60s, yeah. like. What are some impressions of it? Who, and I know Luke said you've been thinking about this, so I'll let yeah. you go first. Well, well you need oh, to let me introduce us. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's our host here, Luke? Hi, and Blake. What's up? Uh, so yeah, yeah. Well, you go uh, first. What, what are your impressions? So the I've been thinking about it a little bit. I, I was thinking like I think sixties are so good because it's a healthy mix of old masters, like kind of making their like final like statements. So like I kind of. The first person that comes to mind when I think of that is like John Ford. Ozu. I'm sh- Ozu, yes. Um, Even though he was an old master, as we said on the yeah, episode, he just died kind of yeah. young. But I mean, yeah, still, it's still, it's still, still, still And, and so, if he would have yeah. still stayed alive, he would have made more 60s masterpieces. Yeah. So, like, exactly. Uh, and then you get, of course, like I feel like the, the regular directors in the prime, like in their primes, like you know Kubrick and Hitchcock was in his prime then. Well, I guess not he was. But I know he, he was, he was, yeah, but you're saying, saying. Like, but then even also, uh, what yeah, about like the French New Wave? That's what I was saying. Okay. Then you got the new French guys, new the, the French, like the, the Japanese cra- New Wave. Yeah, like the yeah, French New Wave, Japanese New Wave. Uh, it's honestly yeah, a lot of these like uh, movements I mean, across the world are starting. Tarkovsky's in the '60s. A lot of these. Yeah, yeah, he's he's starting now. Bergman's in his prime. Well, yeah, he's he's basically in his prime right now because. <laughs> It's prime. Okay. He made one. Of the, he made an amazing. I don't movie. know about enough about Bergman yet to say he's, yeah, he's yeah, prime yeah. or not because he did have a long ass career. Yeah, he kind of had a lot big long prime, I guess maybe. And I that will was say really weird sounds I just said. Never mind. A big long prime. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. But like the kind of uh, give my impressions is like especially doing the sixties right after the fifties. It's kind of like it is a lot of the same directors, but it's almost <clears> like yeah, am I talking about the later part of their careers or the earlier parts? Yeah. You know, um, but like. I don't know, like, to me, at the end of the day, it's more like, I'm trying to get more away from being, like, a director has a prime in this era, it's almost yeah, like, they, like especially for directors I really love, it's almost like, what era do I prefer on this given day? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to go, like, because I'm still, I'm starting to appreciate more, like, directors' later films, where a lot of people... But I definitely of, see yeah. what you're saying, like, 2001 was made in... Like, like and the, made the run, the, maybe I should say, like, they, they, made, they went on really good runs, maybe yeah, that's a yeah. better way to say it. And maybe a lot of them made movies they're known for the most. Yeah, that too, yeah. Uh, which is maybe Because Kubrick made, what, like, yeah. 2001, like, But a lot of people love Ice Light Shut, so... Yeah. Um, but you see what I'm saying, though, it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it is, it is an insane decade like that, like... A lot of like top ten yeah, lists. Also, have these movies on I mean, them, I mean, know? I guess like probably like world events too. Was Vietnam in the sixties? Yeah, Vietnam was in the sixties. Algerian conflict was in the sixties. The moon, on the moon, moon landing. Like, yeah, this was like there was a lot of like stuff going on. <laughs> like, there's always a lot of stuff going on. Always yeah, hold on. But especially that, I guess in a way, like. I guess yeah. maybe movies were more directly reflecting on those too. Yes, versus like, more movies in the past, like they're kind of having to hint at them more, or like, yeah, like it, like a lot of these movies, I feel like they're more directly confronting those. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what's kind of, yeah, a lot of those issues, yeah. especially with like you know the French New Wave and stuff like that. Yeah, but honestly, just around the world, it feels like more countries were starting their own uh, film movements and stuff. Yeah, in yeah, the sixties, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe the fifties too, but definitely in the sixties. What about you, Blake? What are your no, it's been, I'm just parroting basically what Luke was saying. It's just the it's the start of a lot of the things that I love, especially like 
like the Japanese New Wave especially. There will be some of those on my list, obviously. Yeah. The French New Wave was in full force at this time, which, less on my list, but... <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but, yeah, and then we have, like, the old masters, like we were already saying, like, Kurosawa was in this decade, obviously. That's one that we missed. Oh, yeah, but, like, 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 there's there's just... There's so many. There's so many, there's so many great movies that came out in this And decade. we're about to talk about them, so I don't yeah, want to talk about And actually, I saw an interview with Scorsese... I think it was actually a recent one. We were just talking about like his career in like in movies and stuff. Did he start in the sixties? Like any? Uh, he was a film student. I think. Okay. Well, well, he didn't. He didn't make some. He didn't make some stuff. Alice in the 60s. comes to Earth. Is that uh, what it was? Lost Our Birth, I think, was in the 60s. Okay, he's knocking, yeah, knocking okay. my doors that, in the 60s. Yeah. Door, yeah, but I think he was also a film student here and like kind of young. And he said like basically like him and his friends kind of joked around that like uh, and like Brian De Palma and stuff like that they like joked around that there was a masterpiece coming out like every week <laughs> I was like damn, damn yeah. that must have been insane like <laughs> can't relate <yeah. laughs> like no but like I guess what the beauty of film is though when we go back and watch it still feels like yeah there's also it, that too like it's so. we're so detached you know we don't get to watch them in a theater easier, and stuff like, on yeah, film yeah, and everything yeah. which sucks but <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. At least we still get to watch them. Because, like, when you watch movies in, like, at the current day, like, when a new movie comes out, I feel like you're, 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 you're more scared of, like, maybe potentially overhyping it or get, maybe thinking, like, recency bias. So you try to, like, maybe this is just me, but, like, you, you, you're you trying to, you're, you're more careful when watching a movie, I guess. It's kind of... Especially if you don't know, like, at the end of the day, like, we're talking about these movies through director's lenses most of the time. Yeah, right? and, like, so, like, you get the historical context with yeah, this, yeah. like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there. And maybe that's uh, maybe another significant thing with the '60s is uh, even studios and stuff are becoming more and more aware of the director as like an artist, like yeah. could, that could be marketed, which, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, which then exploded when we did the yes, '70s yeah. travel talk about yeah. like yeah. it kind of exploded into that. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, I guess really in America, it's like mostly known, but I'm, I'm, it definitely happened uh, in other countries too. So yeah, but yeah. I think all we right. can start. Well, let me. All right, I have uh, number okay, generator number here. Generator. So I think uh, we're gonna do it like the same way we did last time, where our first pick, because there is gonna be probably may, maybe some kind of stealing, some kind of like yeah. you know. Uh, it's picking. inevitable in this room. Yeah, like yeah, it is much. a, it is a very like a lot of great movies like we've been saying. So we're gonna do the same thing we we did in the fifties, where our first pick has to be one like yeah. that would be our own personal number one. But pick. then what we're doing differently though is because we realized. Since we're doing snake drafts, if we did it like the usual and just went like uh, number one favorite, number one favorite, number one favorite, but then the the person, the third person, would basically get the first pick anyway. Yeah, so we'll just so we're gonna do is for the first round we're not gonna do snake, basically. Yeah, yeah. and then we're gonna do snake after that. If that makes any sense, it'll make sense while we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll kind of cock through it, but anyway, here we go. Like you can be witness, so I don't lie. Danny, Luke, Blake. Oh, let's right. go. First place. Okay. <laughs> no, this is literally the order we're sitting in, too. This is hilarious. Okay. Okay, so. Okay. All right. My number one pick. Your personal. I, I know. I, feel like I, I think I know 60s. what you're going to pick, though. Like, I feel like this is kind of obvious. It should be. Yeah, it should be. Well, there's actually. I'm it actually shouldn't be. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Time out. Time out. I think we're You know what? There's a few reasons for this. Yeah. Because there's like three that I'm tied with, but I have to pick the one that. Damn. 
I'm picking an autumn afternoon. Whoa! I, I was not excited. He, he already stole I, my number one. So. Oh really? <laughs> Damn. See, that's why. Because there's there's a few that could definitely like honestly, there's probably. I four thought you were gonna pick Charlotte. I thought I was one. giving you a pick Charlotte. But that, that's the thing. They're all tied for my number okay, one. So I had to pick my even my number one had to be kind of strategic. Okay, I see that. I see that. I mean, dude, I picked Ozzy before Ray, so you can't even you can't even handle that. I feel that. Guess who's like number one just became Charlotte? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, but anyway, like it makes you'll like come on, they're all tied for me. So, and I mean, both of you love Ozu the most out of probably my other all my other number ones. So, yeah, that's fair. but yeah, no, another <laughs> afternoon. And we, I mean, I we've talked about it on the podcast, so that's yeah. another uh, like it's a justifiable reason for me to pick that. Yeah, I feel that. But damn, Blake, I didn't know you'd have it that high. I do. It's in my top 20 for my Damn, top I didn't know that. Yeah. Fuck. That yeah. sucks. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, that I have to have it. You. Like, uh, I think this is the only 60s movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's or what is late autumn 60s. I haven't seen I? that one. Oh, you haven't? Okay. But I think that might be I think 60s. that's 59, though. No, it's 1960. Oh, okay. So you, you right. still could have had another 60s if you were really a Trozo fan? Because I might still would pick that. Um, cause it is a great movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, Autumn Afternoon is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's nice to have a swan song, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's another thing. Ray has some other 60s movies I can go to. He has a few great ones. He does have a few great ones. Yeah. But, alright, Luke. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. I wonder who I'm gonna pick here. Yeah, well, this one is uh, yes. Even though, like, I'm surprised uh, Blake... Uh, Blake could obviously honestly pick not this number one too and make it justifiable. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, my number, pick, my number one pick is Playtime, directed by Jacques Tati. You got lucky. You were number two. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is like this is literally like the. I mean, I, I think this is the movie I've talked about most on the podcast. I mean, probably yeah, everyone's probably. Tired I mean, dude, it's, a, it's it. a, I mean, it's been in the news it's, lately it's, because yeah. of Barbie and everything. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to pick. Come on. I mean, I'm just saying, it's like it's just a great movie for anyone. Yeah, it's a, it's it's like the it's like, I think it might be, it's, it might be the miracle of cinema. Like I think I saw someone well, say, "Well, okay, let's come." There's more than one miracle of cinema, but, but like this one's up there. Uh, it's not the mind of clay, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but like just like I, I, I know I, I mean, simply talking really, about like it really feels like it's I, like that's yeah. why I think when we talked about it on the episode, like I said, it really feels like it's like made in another world. Or like something yeah, like yeah, because I because I, I I think it was the important cinema club podcast. I was listening to their Tati episode and. Will Sloan, I think, I think he said, I think it was him who said uh, that, like, the whole business of filmmaking, like, the producer and, and stuff, that business was specifically created to stop movies like Playtime being made. And exactly. the, the, yeah, fact, yeah, the yeah. fact that it was made is, is a miracle, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. God that's likes what, dude, That's what I was yeah. saying, because, uh, like, there's very few movies that feel like every part of the world feels, like, just designed by one person. Yes. You know? Like... Yeah, uh, it's it's just it's crazy. It is a miracle movie, you know? and yeah, it's no Barbie though. It doesn't it doesn't have the moral message, you know. <laughs> doesn't have, doesn't have uh, that pat. The pun- and uh, I mean uh, that uh, what I'm the movie I'm probably gonna pick later. I I, I actually think there's a connection between it and Playtime. Okay. You might not get it later. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Looks like I'm not worried about it. I'm not, worried. Like, I'm, not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I love Eight and a Half. It sounds like it's an, not it sounds like an Antonio uh, pick if I had to go. Uh, next but... <laughs> Alright, well, uh, since I have to go with my number two, since it's technically my number one was stolen, um, Once Upon a Time in the West. Okay, okay. I haven't oh, talked yeah. about that one yet. Yeah, my I'm second not favorite movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is my second favorite movie from the 60s. It's also one that I rewatched this year, though, so maybe okay, it's just recency yeah. bias. But, like, I mean, it's one of the. It's one of the it's, might be the greatest western of all time, honestly. Like it's up there for me. You haven't seen it yet, nah, Danny. So, and you are not even a western fan, so you can't say anything. <laughs> uh, 
No. No, but everything from the score to just like literally everything, dude. Like, it's just one of the, one of the greatest movies of all I mean, time. Yeah, and, and the the fact that so, well, okay, well, two things I'm, I'm, I want to say about this movie. First of all, Henry Harry Henry Fonda, the casting yes, of exactly. him as the villain, genius. Second off, I recently discovered this. Have you ever looked at the writers for *Was uh, Found in the West*? Sergio oh. Leone, Dario Argento, Bernardo Berlucci, and there's two other like Italian film directors, like pretty famous. Yeah, no, those first three. I, did, I didn't actually, know. I think this guy's a screenwriter. I didn't know that Argento and uh, Berlucci. Yeah, yeah, Argento and Bertolucci though, writing that, like helping write that. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, cool. like, I love. Sergio. Sell me on it. Sell me on it. So, well, I mean, Sell me I should have already. Wait, like, is this the first in the trilogy? Because it's like a. It's, this is a. This is that's a different. That's different. No, it's not. No, a this trilogy. is not a. Th- that's a like. This that's is a dollar trilogy. You're this is yeah. This uh, is. This is. I, I do. Trilogy. I love the good, the bad, the ugly, which is the last of the dollar trilogy that you're talking about. That would have been my other one. My other western, probably from this decade, that I would have chosen. But I love Once Upon a Time in the West a lot more, honestly, like a lot more. Yeah. You know when people say like. All superheroes movies look the same or something. I'm not saying this, but like to me, like in my head, like oh, they all like uh, they all like the same thing almost. But, but like, what about like okay? I, I need to watch them. I need to watch them. I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying in my seen, head, I'm like oh, the John Dollar Trilogy, and then I'm like, isn't this all just like Clint Eastwood? With but you seen like John Ford. Like, John Ford was not even in Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, he's on. Okay, maybe if you say like all spaghetti vests or maybe like all pretty like spaghetti westerns and music and the guy like walking to a town. That's sick. Well, that's yeah. that's just westerns. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, yeah. That's the great. Well, Which, where, where's the where's, where's the bad thing in that? I'm just saying. It's just all you need to wa- all that would sell you on Once Upon a Time in the West though is the opening like score. Like once the score well, opening scene, first time, opening that's scene what I too. But that's whenever the yeah, score yeah, hits yeah, for the yeah, first yeah, yeah. time. It's like if you're not sold so by that right. point, then I don't know what will sell you. Oh yeah, and it's, it's one of the greatest villain openings of all time. Like villain opening. Wait, is this yeah. one of the Kurosawa inspired? Which was uh, you know, no, that's one. a that's a fistful of dollars. Oh, Although Sergio Leone definitely is just in generally influenced by Kurosawa. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But all all West, all spaghetti westerns, I feel like kind of are. It's kind but of a yeah. cycle. Yeah, but <laughs> that was what I had as my number two. So okay. So now we're starting the official yeah, draft. Yes. Me number one pick, and now we'll go Snake from here on. I think. Yeah. All right. So my number two. This is also one of the, like, really, if I had, like, my f- top four are legit, like, okay. probably top 20 movies, like Blake was saying, so, okay. even though I need to there, there's, there's a top 20 movie in my, or top Maybe 10 top movie that I'm going to actually hold off on, because I'm not scared of you guys taking it, but. Well, that's, that's this kind of strategy, too, because there are some yeah. enough, but, like. So, yeah, I'm going to hold off on But this is, like, and Blake gave it away earlier, so I kind of have to pick it now, because, uh, I think, I think Blake might pick it, might pick Oh, it if, he, if you didn't so. pick it now, I would pick it next time. Yeah. So. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm picking Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, those are the two. There's actually one more I'm really scared of getting picked by Luke, especially. But we'll see. I feel like I know what we're talking yeah, about. Okay, yeah, okay. I don't want to say. Yeah. I don't even bring it up. So, but yeah, Charlotte. I brought this up. It's funny. I brought this up like basically every list episode yeah. we've done, and we haven't reviewed it yet. That's funny. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna. We're gonna do Ray soon. We'll do Ray at some point soon. We're getting to it. At some point soon. Uh, but this movie is literally like, he. It was his favorite movie. Um, so I always feel like I have to pick it because like. He made he made so many great movies. He did. Um, yeah. But this is kind of like really like maybe my favorite uh, actress of his in any of his movies is uh, Madhavi Mukherjee in, in this movie. So yeah. And also, uh, damn, uh, so much, uh, Somitra Chatterjee is also in this one too. So like both two Ray class uh, staples in in this one. But what about you? Like you guys both like like this yeah. Movie, oh yeah. Right? I've only I've only seen it I think once though. 
Yeah. I kind of I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it all. This movie, you know this, movie yeah, this movie, like, this movie perfected the freeze frame, though. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, honestly, Truffaut. What about Truffaut though? And Wu uses them really well. There's a lot of great. Okay, I guess yeah, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. one of the best freeze frames. Yeah, the, yeah, the freeze, freeze frame, frame use of it. Time. Dude, to me, honestly, the music is amazing. The way music's amazing. Yeah. It's one of his best movies for sure. Yeah, it's not and my dude, favorite. Uh, like, not uh, actually, I know 60s, what I can bring up now. Why it would have just been a spy pick for me if you didn't? Think <laughs> it's been a spy pick, but <laughs> we might we might be getting the spy picks later on. Like, next, like, like I, this round, probably. I'm scared oh, of Blake dude. right now. I'm very. I, scared I, I, I do want to mention uh, one more thing because I I haven't mentioned on maybe some of the other ones is. Uh, after watching some more Ophel's movies over this last year, yeah. I can just tell just by the way Root moves his camera like through a house. And yes. like I know you noticed when you said like Ophel's like fills his camera up like with basically stuff yeah, everywhere. Yeah, he like, he, like puts stuff fill, between. Yeah, the he actors, fills like, his frame obviously like all the yeah. time, and like especially when and that's Ray does that also, uh, and that's why they also like doing like filming movies with like uh, like really bourgeois settings and stuff because yeah. that could fill the frame, you know, with all yes, this like, yes, yes. and it would make it feel more empty too with the characters and a lot of times because it's yes. like they have all the stuff around them. And yet they're still like longing for like very simple desires at the end yeah. of the day, you know, stuff like that. And that's kind of that's that's how I felt. Uh, Visconti kind of does a similar thing with the bourgeoisie. But does he move his camera kind of like that's what they not both really, they both but, like move their but, camera almost like they're hiding. But like, the behind his, stuff his, he feels kind of up with his environment, like his like scenes with like a lot because a lot of it's about patriarchy and like okay. elites. See, but then a lot of times he'll the, the like the beautiful like interiors will kind of be juxtaposed with like the decay of. Okay. Of the like, the his seem a little more like social, or maybe like abstract. Well, yeah, they're, they're definitely because like Opals some... and Ray are both more like character based. Uh, yeah, yeah, characters. his, his like, is more, his is more broad. Okay, but, yeah, okay. but like, like so, there's a similar kind of thing there. Right. But yeah, we'll definitely be talking about this movie at some point on the um, on the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, number that's my number two pick. Right. You, so this one is kind of another obvious number two, or not another obvious pick, I should say. Uh, eight and a half, okay. directed by Federico Fellini. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you have yeah, else to say? Go yeah. listen to whatever episode number that was. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in our Fleeny series, but I'll look up in a second. But just one, one of the most like. Have you watched most it? Creative When's the last time you watched it, or have you watched it since we talked about it? I haven't watched it since we talked about it. But I need okay. to honestly. Like, I've seen it like four times though. Like, oh yeah, you've seen it. Not enough still though. Not like, enough. Let's be honest. Like, just the just the fact that he made that movie is insane. Like. Having the foresight to see that movie at that time, and, and it just the, just the fact that it kind of transitioned Fleeny too to his like very surrealist, and to his new the new kind of phase in his career, is is also a really great thing about it. And also, it's just it's just so inspiring to watch for me. Like, yes. so yeah, I, mean, I know you both love it too. Yeah, so. we do. Oh, yeah. It's a very. Uh... It's like it's like a mo- it's like a chaotic and channeled movie in the best way. And then like I, dreamy surrealist. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I do think Fleeing, some at least in my opinion, he does become too chaotic and some and like as we talked about, obviously. Yeah. Some in my opinion, he becomes chaotic. Like, but, yeah. Two of them, but this one like it balances it like so perfectly. Okay, yeah, I can get I can get with that. Um, sure. But yeah, so Luke number two is uh, uh, obvious one eight and a half. What about yeah? So I'm trying to decide what I want to do here. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm I, don't, I don't like. This. I don't like because I'm definitely with one of the picks going to steal 
Even though Danny, I know, is going to like say, oh, it's not a big deal. I lost 2001. I still have Dr. Strange. 2001 is face off. You, like, you hate this movie. It's my number 52 on my top 100. Wow. Sir. Blade Runner is better still. But <laughs> oh, you, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> How does this feel, Danny? I'm just kidding. No, but okay. I mean, honestly, honestly no. 2001, I think it is one of the greatest. Okay, we got that on tape. So, you know, you, know, you, don't, you don't think this is your number two? Can't walk that back now? Yeah, you, I mean, I can, I can love two sci-fi movies. It's one of my favorite genres. That's fucked. No, but uh, 2001, obviously somewhat of a spy pick, just because. But, uh, I mean, you still have Doctor Strange love. It's okay. <laughs> Damn. But, uh, right, no, I mean, it, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Just whenever you think of how he even filmed it dude like there are some things that there are things that you want i mean it's obviously inspired almost every or like so much that came that's come out after it like up to barbie even this fucking year like where they just basically rip off the opening of it or just there are so many things that people that people take from 2001 but you just think about what he did back in 1968 to actually film this stuff and it's it's actually insane it's not my it's not my favorite kubrick movie i've already said that before my favorite's probably barry Lyndon. But that's a seven. Damn, another track. another hit against him. <laughs> but that's a, that's. A I can't pick track. a single favorite Cooper. Yeah, that's so. the thing. He has a lot. Yeah. But but two thousand one, like technically, it's between this and Barry Lyndon for my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Like just like in terms of technical filmmaking, like you like you you watch not even not even the opening or like like the first forty minutes, but like you watch just the pen floating the first time in midair, and you're like, how the hell did he do this in 1968? And then you watch the special feature, and you're like, oh my god, this guy's smart as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then, like, it, all the way up to, like, the, the literal like, acid trip scene, basically, whenever he's going through, like, <laughs> like a time portal to go to, go to like, to, to the... The interstellar place. moment. Yeah, the interstellar moment. Okay, yeah. exactly. That's what, that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, it's inspired so much after it, but it is partially a spite pick, but it's also a pick that I love. It's in my no, top it's ju- I mean, dude, like, so. number two, I don't is, have to it's one of the best movies of the 60s, it is. objectively. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the best movies of all time. Oh, okay, so. don't say objectively. That doesn't exist. Objectively, in terms of, like, you can't deny the impact it's had. Okay. That's what I mean. Like, I get your that's man. Greatest does have an objective source. Like, like, at a certain point, the reason why you study the canon or classics yeah. is, even if you hate them all, you should still study them because of... How many people yeah, have seen that? If, them if you're talking about the influence, yeah, 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 exactly. I agree. Okay. That's what I mean by that. Okay. And usually, most people like it. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, what was on the last science zone? It was probably number, probably number five. eight or something. Mm-hmm. Or five, uh, so. It was number one on directors. Okay, that's the important exactly. one. And then the ranks <laughs> were like top five, top ten. Like, yeah. Yeah, but either way, I mean, both everyone agrees. Like, yeah. so I can't hate you yeah. too much for it. And you know, I will. You know, you know, I saw Strange Love. You know, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> But we my pick now. my third pick. So now you guys steal one from Luke. No, 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 my no, third no. pick's not a steal from Luke. This is okay. actually my number oh, three. Well, it's, def- no! it's definitely it's definitely Let's going go! to be stolen. it's definitely going to be a stolen. It's gonna be on his list probably. So it's technically a steal. Oh, okay, but all right, that's that's. It's good. um Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you should have you should have expected that to come back to you. Exactly, you should have expected that to come back to you because I knew I had to wait. Uh, um, no, Dragon in. I mean, I would be remiss not. To take this one whenever we're going to be talking about it in our next series, obviously, with Goodbye Dragon Inn. That's true. But it's maybe the greatest martial arts. It probably is the greatest martial arts movie of all time, honestly. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot to this point. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> not, not, well, I still need to watch more. But, in, he's a bigger King Who fan, I feel Dra- like. Lucas. Uh, I, like he, he might be. Okay, he's, okay, seen, he's seen more. He's seen yeah. more, but. Touches in is actually up there too, but I mean, honestly, Dragon Dragon Inn might be. It, it, it looks great. Well, Touches in is it's they're 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 different. Like, touches like, in, they're, I they're love going the, for I love, things, I love the spiritual ending that touches in. That's definitely yeah, because like because yeah, t- Dragon Inn's more like uh, 
It's more like an action comedy. It's just like, martial arts. And like, kind of like playing with like tension a lot and like single location a lot most of the time. What touches in is like King Who's just epic. Like yes. Buddhist, like spiritual. Yes. Just insane. No, but yeah. the thing about Dragon Inn that makes it so special is like like we'll talk about in Goodbye Dragon Inn, it's what people take away from the movie. Because like Sai, Sai specifically made me think about this whenever I watched Goodbye Dragon Inn, obviously. Because he's showing scenes from in, in Goodbye Dragon Inn whenever things are happening in the theater that he's showing you basically like if you're listening to the background the movie's always playing so like if you know what part of the movie that they're that they're like in and that's yeah. in those scenes and then like you're thinking about like why did side decide to put this here why is he having these characters looking at this specific scene basically like it just makes you think of like dragon in means a lot to so many different people and it's just like it's not just a martial arts movie it's it's deeper than that honestly it's 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 one it's it is it is still the like one of the greatest martial arts movies of all time yeah. but it's just like Wait, are we doing Goodbye Dragon on the... Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. so we'll come oh, back yeah. to it. No, yeah, we'll definitely I'll have to watch to it then, I guess. Yes. I'm going to have to watch it Let's go! Yes, you will finally have to watch Dragon then. But we'll that, <laughs> that was my third pick. I knew that Luke would not like that pick. Don't. But I knew I would have to take it. It is my. It is my Luke, I love Luke was celebrating like that. Like he was celebrating. Yeah, because like yeah, you like you like yeah. Well, see, I think I think of a steal as something that I wasn't gonna take, and then I I took it because Danny spied me, like two thousand one. But that was literally gonna be one of my next. <laughs> I spied you. I picked Ozu. How is that a steal? I'm not afternoon. Two thousand one. You like two thousand one more. I know this. I know no, this for a fact. No. You like it more. On afternoon is honestly one of Ozu's best. It's like top three probably. Okay. Okay. I mean. I had to have an Ozu. I know. I, know, I, I, I have a new plan now. All right. So, so I have a new plan. My next pick. I'm picking this before Danny can pick it. Oh okay. come on! Because stop. This better not be playing the game. I, I, I'm honestly curious if you're gonna pick this soon. All right. The man who shot Liberty Valance. Damn. You are oh, yes, God. sir. You shouldn't even. This. You don't even like this movie. What? <laughs> okay, no. All right. You don't even like this movie. Really, my probably my favorite four at this point. Maybe, it's this and the Searchers for sure. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's peak forward, like, and his, like, uh, uh, kind of melancholic, uh, uh, talking about, kind of talking about, or just, like, showing the, uh, the death of, like, or not really death, but just kind of, like, deconstructing mythologies in, in, like, Westerns, basically. It's, it's, it's kind of the stage of his career where he's doing that, and Man Shalway Vance is in this very, like, beautiful way. But then he also, uh, this man literally has, like, Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne in, like, a single movie. Like, it's it's crazy this movie exists. Like, I know I'm saying that for all the movies, but I, don't. <laughs> I mean, I might as well, so, but yeah, it's... Well, it's, I was gonna pick, I was gonna pick it later on, so. Okay, okay. Like, was Dragon Moon a later on pick for you? Like, did you think it was I, I was gonna, I was gonna pick it alongside pick it with this soon? one when it came back. I was gonna oh, pick this okay. one and then Dragon Moon when it came back. Okay, but... so, no, this one was gonna be, I didn't think anyone was gonna pick it, so that's why okay. I'm surprised he picked it, honestly. Oh, it was, it was definitely higher up on that No, dude, I, uh... My favorite, like, because I rewatched it for the Real Bravo episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of compare the two, and I and it made me realize, like, I I just like the kind of grander, like, uh, it's it's weird because I was just talking about the opposite with like Ophuls and Ray versus like yeah. uh, um, Visconti, but like with the Western, I kind of like uh, um, Ford's like almost like grand scales, like he's talking about the Western in general, yes, you know, yes. like as idea. Versus more like the character based, like real in Rio Bravo, where yeah. it's more just about the characters kind of in the Western. Yes. I like, it made me realize, like, at least with the Westerns, I kind of like Ford's kind of uh, approach to it. Yeah. With a lot, uh, at least the movies I've seen too, I can see that in like a lot of it. It's like, with How Green Was My Valley, even though the movie is very like character based, you can tell it's a lot about yeah. the idea of like 
what's what was lost with his past and all this kind of stuff that he likes yeah. talking about, which is uh And the way the man shoots the West, it's like it's, but it's so romantic. Yes, yeah. But it's this like one's like but this still one's like uh, very like But this yeah. one's opposite of that though. It's very yeah, it's, it's more yes, yes. It's, uh, more, it's very just in a single look. Like, you really, yeah, you really only are in the town, basically. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. And both in present day and fast day. That's another great thing about it. It's like he, yeah. the way he frames the movie. But the one thing I was gonna say was uh watch rewatching it and uh honestly if you just look at the poster it says uh or I want like you know if you can because we all paid, we're all yeah, patrons, yeah, yeah. so you can see all the different posters. Um, one of them has uh, John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart for the first time together. Yes, which is kind of cr- cool because, like, if you think about them as actors too, like, it even makes sense in the movie with the roles they're playing. Yeah, because like yeah. John Wayne is like he is the kind of hero, like the Western archetype hero. Yes, yes. And Jimmy Stewart's more of the kind of more vulnerable hero. Like yes, you think of yes. it in Hitchcock movie. At least yeah, when I think of it, you know, yeah, he's yeah, a little yeah, more Vertigo. vulnerable, a little more kind of clueless, like. But he's more for justice. Yeah, more kinda. flawed. I yeah, say, yeah, yeah. But like, and yeah. so they really fit their roles perfectly that way too. Yes. And then one more thing I wanted to say because I don't think we're going to talk about. We we'll, maybe we'll talk about it at some point. Maybe. Um, is have you noticed like the ending kind of reminds me of the Dark Knight ending? Like Wait. where Batman takes the credit. Like okay, Batman yeah, actually yeah, saves, yeah. but he's like the one that rides off. Like he can't be the hero, yeah. you know, the same way John. Well, and, and it has uh, yeah, the yeah, same yeah. way John Wayne can. Even, and, and then. Uh, uh, um, Jimmy Stewart has to take Jimmy Stewart takes credit for something that wasn't him, basically. Yes, and it just it, and uh, of course, there's a fantastic piece of di- uh, exchange of dialogue. Uh, you're not going to use the story, Mister Scott. No, sir. This is the West, sir. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. Exactly. Like, oh exactly. Like the Dark Knight literally has something like that too. Honestly, damn, I actually didn't think about that. Yeah. But. And and honestly, like uh, Nolan's a huge probably Western head, so. Maybe I I don't know I don't know if I've ever heard I've seen him talk, talk about, about it. I, I don't know he he has he hasn't seen this movie though he oh, did yeah. he did mention that the second act of Oppenheimer he was going for a western so. mm. okay that makes sense damn and you, you and you were getting mad at me for saying the second no act? that's why I told you last on the podcast oh, I, okay, I, okay. I made fun of you I made oh, fun okay. of your of your actual because I said that Oppenheimer was more like a western oh, but those things are more like a western that's actually it's not though there's not a single cowboy hat and there is and and Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, whenever he's on the ranch, <laughs> he's literally oh, a ranch. They're literally ranching. Lily, Ashford City, Lily, there's Lily Cowboys. Yeah, there's literally Cowboys like, in Ashford City. Not and, Lily and they sing a song, too, and they yeah, dance. Like, they sing a jig or something. Bro, like, watch Rio Bravo, you'll get it. Like... Well, okay, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> but that is a good pick, though. Um, I was going to pick it, but it's going to be a little later on, so I'm surprised yeah. that's so high for you. Oh, I love this movie. Did you pick that because you thought I was going to pick it at some point? That was part of it, but still, I absolutely love this movie. Okay, okay. Alright, so my number three then. Uh, I'm picking this one partly because I love it and partly because I think you guys might pick it at some point. High and low. <sighs> yep, I will pick it. Yep, yep. Let's go. I, 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 I knew you were good to that, though. Honestly, deep down, it has to feel good when you're like, you pick something you know someone else is going to pick. Yeah. Because I, 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 I saw you post a clip on Twitter, so I yeah, figured you okay, rewatched yeah, it. Damn. So I was like, I, 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 was, you... I was kind of nervous posting that, but I was like, I, I had to pick <laughs> I figured you probably. I loved Because when I realized that, I was like, holy shit, this is insane. It was just like yeah. a random moment in the movie. And it's not even like, so you Like, you could really easily miss that moment if you just watched it. So you were talking specifically like the way they're, they're like, face. Literally, all their, every time they turn. Basically, yeah. someone is turning the other way or something. Yeah, well, yeah, and I was going to say, you could also say that a lot about just how they move in general. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah it's insane too. in that in They're that all sequence. moving, like, every time they move, they're still framed, like, perfectly. Yeah, like, oh, how do you like, so do that? Like, no, because <laughs> in, in this time watching it, because it's, like, literally the first, like, 40 to 50 minutes, you're literally just in the house. 
But yeah. I never think about that when I go back to rewatch it. I'm always like, damn, this movie's so exciting and stuff. Like, yeah. you always think about how action packed it is, and like the first 50 minutes is just like in one house. Yeah, it's already like basically in one room as they like figure out what to do about this kidnapper seeing the kid. Yeah, but it's like, damn, it's and, it's and, still then, so and then there's the whole other movie too, which is yeah, like, well, it's like three movies basically. Yeah, literally, like, you know? and then, but it still feels very cohesive. Yeah, like, oh, dude, it's so good. No, it's like it literally is high and low. You go from like the highest yeah, society in the yeah. house for 50 minutes until like the lowest where you go, how he dies at the end and stuff. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about it though? I know because you guys both it, said you were gonna pick it. This yeah. and this and dreams are like my favorite Kurosawa, which I think is the same yeah. for you. Yeah, same. Yeah. Even though like I need to watch Redbeard more because like I can see that one. I, I need to rewatch multiple Kurosawas, but there's yeah. more that I just need to watch more, and then they'll probably. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite Kurosawa, but it's my favorite from the from the sixties, um, which is why it was on my list. Obviously, there are there are three masterpieces. From Kurosawa in the 60s, though, in my opinion, that I would be happy to pick. So, well, I'm not gonna say you that. Know, okay, 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 but, okay. but, well, I, I could say if you don't, if you don't like them, but I don't oh, know. No, I don't I know. Love, you, like, do you still have a Kurosawa in play? Yes. Okay, so okay. then don't say it. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> I guess we'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll come back to it. But, but I, I do, I do. I mean, high and low. It's one of his, it's one of his best movies. Whenever you, whenever people think of Kurosawa, they think of like the same epics. Like we've already said before. But like high and low. Yes. This one. <laughs> but uh, watch it this time, dude. Like, especially with the executives and stuff, it's literally kind of filmed like a modern-day samurai, like, in terms yeah. of, like, like a, a guy, like, you know, because, you know, like, the assistant that, like, betrays him, going yeah. to the rival, like, uh, group almost, like, yeah, it, yeah, he yeah. kind of even films it like that, like, this is, like, a rival uh, samurai gang or something like that, you know? <laughs> But he, 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 like, the way, the way I mean it is, like, he, the characters in the movie, they kind of feel like that, that, you know, like, they see themselves as powerful men, the same way, like, Samurai back in the day did, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, this, it is, it's still, like, that's why I say, like, it's, you can still tell it's the same director, because the way he's, like, filming them is still very epic-like, even yeah. it's, like, business Oh, yeah, for sure. But, no, yeah. it is, it's one of the most exciting movies of all time. You never think that, of just, like, basically being in one room the entire time. Just best-looking movies, so, too. Oh, so it looks Black so and white. Good. Like, just... I guess one little pink, uh, there's one little moment of pink smoke in it, but that's yeah. all, all that's, anything else you guys have for Imo? Uh, no, we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll so get to Are we going to do Kurosawa? We, we have to. Yeah. Like, or is it just like, too, him and Kubrick just too easy, and we're never going to no, do them? We'll do them. We'll do them. We'll always be like, it's too basic picks. We don't, it's too basic. <laughs> I feel like we're never going to do them. That's, that's my theory. It had to, to be Blake, honestly, probably. This for Kurosawa? Yeah. I, I, I I, I think the I, I I would probably pick Kubrick. That's probably the most likely. Yes, yeah, so it would be. Are you talking about just like huge like canon directors right now? Like when you say like I'm you saying well, for our series, what we're gonna do? What are what are the chances we do Kurosawa sometime soon? Okay, but you said Kubrick, so I was confused. I'm like, saying Kubrick's more likely for us, but he's in that uh, kind okay. of category. Like, are they too basic for us to pick? At this the good thing like, is, <laughs> well, I mean, Kurosawa has a lot of movies, so he does too. That, that's another thing. Like, it would be hard to pick which ones we want to do from Kurosawa. Yeah. But, no, we should do him at some point, too. Oh, yeah, no, we'll do him at some point. He'll probably be my first Japanese one, I would assume. All right, all right. Well, because you've already done Ozu. Yeah, that's And then... I mean, there are a lot of Japanese directors I love, but Kurosawa would probably be the first one I got to. Yeah. I would assume. Japanese directors... Uh, uh, We can probably pick Obiashi, I feel like. That's another one. I like, don't know. Really, like, there's so many movies too. Like, you yeah. can just pick. I, I would say actually. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll I, come. I, I, I don't want to commit to anything. We'll get back to it. I'm bad at committing to stuff and then not playing on my word when it comes to series. Like, <laughs> I'm the worst offender at that, so I don't want to dig myself in the hole. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. Number four, Luke. Oh, it's my. Wait. Oh, it's me again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pick my number four. Okay, so my number four is another one. I'm kind of worried about you guys picking, but I also love the movie too. 
and I just rewatched this this week, is uh, Le Bonheur. Le Bonheur. Oh, okay. Happiness. Yeah. Were either of you guys going to pick this? I wasn't going to pick There was another Vardy movie, though. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, damn. Yeah. Damn, I should have realized that. Yeah. Uh, but too late now. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. It's still really high on my list, though. Um, Do you guys know better than Cleo? Yes. Okay, that's yes. Um, like the main reason is, like, I kind of mentioned this earlier, I, I just like the, uh... Have, you guys have both seen this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Did we review this? No. I think I watched it when we were doing the French No, because you... No, for our checkpoint picks, you picked it for uh, best horror. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then that's what I was kind of going to mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I love how, like, the movie is so colorful and, like, just amazing. There's so many flowers and stuff. But then slowly over the course of the movie, you can kind of see the colors, like, start to get a little faded and stuff. As the character And then started. as the character, yeah. you start to... Re- actually, you start to see how he actually is. Yeah. And, like, the colors... Even though, like, they start to get a little more faded, but at the, the same time, the colors actually just start to take on a different meaning. Yes. Even though they're still the same, like, it's, happy colors. Yeah, it's very it's very off-putting, but, like, yes. in a good way. It like, is, dude. Yeah. It is. And, like, her camera just moves so perfectly, like, oh, almost, like, not caring, you know, yes, which yes. adds to the brutality of it. Yeah. And, like, the tagline on Letterboxd is maybe in your face when it says, like, a, a face, uh, something like a film only a woman can make. Yeah. But it is accurate, too, in terms yeah. of, like, just how, like, really brutal it is in terms of being, like, this guy really just gets... It's like a... It, to me, watching this time, it feels like a serial killer movie where you watch a serial killer get away with it, and yeah. that's it. And he just gets away with it. You know, you're, like, you're expecting some kind of conclusion, like, oh, and then uh, he went to jail 30 liters later or something. Or, like, he, the wife, like, hated him or something. But no, he just gets away with it. Yep. Yeah. And, like, uh, another thing about it is, I think it's, like, her take kind of just, at least men will use, like, the natural argument. You know, be like, this is how men naturally are yeah. and stuff like that. Like, it's kind of her take on that, too. And using the literally nature, yeah. uh, just, uh, like, visual language of nature in the movie, like, to really emphasize that. Yes. And I, I just want to point out something hilarious about that movie. So it's on HBO Max, or it, it, at least it used to. I, I don't know if it's still on there. But the HBO Max synopsis literally spoils the movie, like just straight up. Wait, I, should I? I don't even. Wait, wanna... I, I spoiled it, and we've all seen it. So okay, okay. Really... Here's the here's the synopsis they okay, give you so... on the screen, like fully in front of you. When his wife dies, a man takes his children and goes off to live with his mistress happily ever after. That's literally that's just the, 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 the last minute. I'm not even joking. Like, <laughs> that happens literally in like the last minutes. <laughs> Unless they're saying that's how the beginning of the movie starts. Because honestly, gonna, that's if that's you watch the very beginning of the movie, you think HBO Max is really doing it? No, because if you no, watch the very beginning of the movie, it's actually the title credits are so like honestly, she has a lot of great title credits for her movies. Uh, but this yeah. one's amazing, like because you see like the sunflower. Um, like with the names like she's using this like sunflower and she's like going back and forth with, like other, other sunflowers and stuff okay, but yeah, in, the, yeah. in the background you see this family like blurry walking towards the camera uh, okay yeah, yeah and the yeah. last shot of the movie is them walking is away is the different family yeah but same walking away from the camera in yeah. blurry like blurry like the same way yeah yeah just the feeling that movie it, gives you too is oh, just dude, like it's so it weird it's like it is cause it's honestly it's only an hour and twenty but she still spends a lot of time like just on the family, like, getting you into just, like, falling in love with the family, thinking yeah. that they're a perfect family, like, perfect family. Like, they literally start in a forest, you know, like, uh, like how yeah. this couple has to be so happy. And then when he starts cheating on her, it's just, like, <laughs> so subtle. You're, like, nothing like, yeah. changes, like, really. At the you're, you're kind of, like, like, you're like, you're kind of, like, yeah, you're like, is he on. actually cheating? Like, there's no way. Yeah, like, like, is that a, on? is he, are they related or something? It, it's gonna be, like, <laughs> a, is, is, is she, like, doing, like, a Roma thing? Yeah, like, yeah. Some, like, everything's gonna be resolved, like, yeah, exactly. in some way, or maybe not, I don't know, like, it, it, it's resolved, but... Yeah, it's um, like, not in the way... Yeah, yeah. You're expecting, yeah. like, a normal movie to resolve it. Yeah. So. 
but oh, dude, it's amazing. It's a movie. Right. It is a great movie. Luke, right. number four. So, this one, I don't know if Blake was wanting this movie, but just in the off, it's it's still one of my favorite '60s movies. But I'm a little scared of him taking it, so I'm gonna take it now. Lay Samurai. Yeah. Okay. That's that one would probably been my next, or uh, my next two, okay. because I knew you loved you Thank loved God. it too. So. Uh, so this is, this is my. Cause I, I thought I, I, you were I, gonna I, pick a different Melville. I, I, <laughs> oh, is Lay Samurai Sixties? No, that's '70s. No. That's, and does he only have this? Is this his like big one from the sixties? Yeah. I thought oh, he had yeah, another. Yeah. I thought he had another. Oh, he has Army of Shadows. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I do love Lay Samurai more than Army yeah, of Shadows. I need to rewatch Lay Samurai Shadows though. But anyway, yeah, Lay Samurai. Is it the coolest movie ever made? Probably. One of them. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I bet tomorrow's cooler, but I don't know. I, I, it's, what it's, makes it cool though? Say that. Uh, Elaine Delon. Elaine Delon. Walking down Honestly, the street. I've, like, I've watched a few John Woo interviews, and he always has, he has to mention them at least. Yeah, it's just it's it's, it's it's essential. Like, it, it's just one of like the the smoothest, like very like, it's it's very like uh, simplistic, like uh, hitman, but like with samurai instincts. There's just something so sick about that. Like, and it's it's very slick. That's what I love about it. And yeah, it's it's I I love how just like how also how like little dialogue there is. It's very much what's on like. It's very much, it's very, like, Rassan-like, where it's, like, it, it's more about the actions and the gestures of the characters rather than what they're saying. That's the thing I really like, yeah. uh, how Melville plays with that. Yeah, also this, the, the, this, the atmosphere and setting of the movie, like, how, like, the, it's, like, dark blue is, like, the main, yes. like, aesthetic. No, like, you just think of the dance hall scenes, especially. Like, oh, the yes. Movie, like, oh, my God. Dude. I mean, yeah, you said you were gonna pick it, so what were you gonna say? No, about? yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is one of the it is one of the coolest movies of all time. That's oh for gosh. sure. Like that's the that's the thing that drew it to that drew me to it the first time. Like I've only seen it once. It was this year that I saw it, like a couple months ago. But and you could tell it inspired a lot of people. Like, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Across a lot of countries, because this is like, it's weird. Melville is like little like pre French New Wave, but yeah. because all the French New, or at least some of them liked him. I know. I don't know if all of them did, yeah. but definitely some of them did, and they were obviously hugely influential. Like just by transit property like he yeah. was influential yeah um, i mean yeah his movie in the 50s like him and persona kind his of like, movie in like, the 50s called yeah, bob the gambler and that i feel like uh i can see why people see that movie and think he's a part of the french movie because a lot of the filmmaking uh feels very uh french way. But, but i wonder if that's because of uh he influenced them like yeah they, that's kind of what i'm saying that, though that's so, what i'm yeah. saying yeah so yeah i definitely think he, he is definitely very influential like I think even like Tarantino has cited Melville as like one of the more influential directors on Louis Mal. Uh, I think Malier has too. Who? Louis Malier. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I've really seen. But that. I was talking about like the technicality with like 2001, but just in terms of like camera techniques and just like yeah. things like that in this movie, yeah. the framing, the lighting, the shadows, just everything is just the, the sound, the best. Like, like yeah. yeah. I haven't, it's been too long since I've seen it. So I don't you want have to, to rewatch yeah, it, yeah, it's been especially since we just watched Ghost Dog. Still and like now that I've seen John Woo, some of John Woo's movies, and I know how influential he's in it. And yeah, watching Ghost Dog, like yeah, yeah no, I definitely need to go back and watch it. Well, and you love and it's under two hours too, which oh, I love. Yeah. 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 you love Lace Circle Rouge too. Yeah, yeah we I talked really about Lace Circle Rouge on podcast. No, dude, I really want to watch it. We talked a lot about what makes Melville great on that episode. Yeah, damn, yeah, that's true. No, Lace Circle, great pick, Luke, great pick. Hate you, no, I'm just kidding. Right, Lace. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to see if I can steal anything first. Um, <laughs> I actually can. No, pick with your heart. Oh, I actually God. can because I do love. I do love one of these movies that Luca. Uh, All right. Oh, it's wait, Luke, wait, you can wait, do it. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. I know you're. 
I probably won't do it, though. I'll be a little nice. Because you got two picks, so you might as well do it with one of them. Well, yeah. I mean, I can do it with one of them. Because you guys have stolen a lot of my picks already, actually. Yeah, so. I mean, Luke mainly, but... <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> Danny, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll just do... I actually will steal Luke's next pick, probably. Or one of his next picks. I'll do Cleo from 5 to 7. Yeah, I Damn! It. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. I mean, this was my number one actress. That's true. So... Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think I've already, I think we've already discussed, but we have already talked about Cleo from 5 to 7 on this podcast. But that was like an old episode, it was probably bad, so. (laughs) It was one of our first episodes. Yeah, I I, I don't, I I mean, that's me, I'm not saying you guys are bad, I just, I I don't like We're getting better, we're getting better. Yeah, 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 I don't like to listen to our early episodes, but yeah. No, yeah. But But I mean, I mean, like, we'll just keep the Agnes Vara train going with Danny Higgins and Bon Hoor, like. Yeah. This is another movie that only a woman can make, in my opinion. Yes. Like it's, just, more, it's like a more optimistic movie. Way more. I mean, it's... I don't know if it's optimistic. It's more like just about the the anxiety caused yeah. of like waiting for a medical result. Yes. At least compared to uh, Laban here, everything is more optimistic. Well, right? sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's more uh, optimistic in terms true. of like, not like, you're not like being cheated on, but you're waiting for the results of like a cancer diagnosis, mm-hmm. basically. Or like if you're going to be diagnosed That's with cancer true. or not. Which yeah. is... Like, capturing that, especially for a woman, like, just her, just her capturing, like, a, what is the actress's name again? I can't even remember. Corinne Marchand. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, but it's just like a like, day in the life, it's like a very day in the life. It's just well, yeah, two hours. The real time like, aspect is yeah. one of my favorite yes, parts yes, about it. Like, what is it, like an hour 40? The movie's yeah, an, an hour and a half. It's really an hour and a half. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. And it's five to seven, and I guess there's some part, uh, it's basically real time, basically. No, that, yeah, she's going, or, she's going for, for real time. Yes, like, yes. She's, she's trying to make you feel that you're actually here waiting, or waiting with her for an hour and a half. Like, what would it be like to wait like this? Yeah, of, and I yes. do especially like how she color, like, and just, just how she starts out in color. And just how much... With the cards, us, and then she goes, goes black yes. to white. Yes. Whenever she's waiting for the, for the diagnosis. Yes. Like, and, and, uh, there's just a lot of great yeah. things in this movie. Uh, also, go ahead and say my piece about it, but, like, it's it's one of the most important movies to me, because, like, it kind of was the movie that really got me into, like, international film. Like, there was other international movies I watched before, but this one was, like, the first one that, like, I probably connected to the most. Yeah, and so like uh, I think it was one of the first the French New Wave movies that I actually yeah. really loved. Honestly, and it kind of exploded my my love for the for like European cinema. I guess European cinema. Is kinda, it's kind of was my really introduction to that. Yeah, and uh, I think also one of my favorite parts about it is uh, uh, that you didn't mention is like how how lo- how much she just like stays in Paris and how much she just like how long the scenes. Uh, Draw out, and so you're just kind of in, like, just kind of just chilling in Paris the whole movie. Yeah, yes. that's, that's like, mm-hmm. it's I love that part about it. But. Did you mention uh, Michelle Legrand too? Yes. Uh, the whole, the, I mean, piano. We talked about this. That's movie. one of my favorite scenes. The piano scene is amazing. Like, yeah, like, just yeah. the whole yeah. score in, or the songs in general. Yeah, and score. very good. Uh, yeah, also, good. amazing background uh, in the background in that scene. You can see two cats fighting. Yeah, it's hilarious. She has a lot of cats. Honestly, is one of the great cat directors. Yes, honestly. This would have probably been Nilla's first or favorite movie from the 60s. Uh-huh. So yeah, like yeah, how yeah, we were yeah, talking earlier. About that. <laughs> well, does does, does Chris Marker have yeah. any cat stuff in the 60s? If I had four cats. He loves cats. Maybe? Oh, he loves cats, but... Um, Logic T's in the 60s. I think it was a cat now. There's a cat in that one. There's Actually, a, there's a cat if I had four dromedaries, certainly, right? I'd have to think about it. I there has to be. It. But with my next pick, I'll just continue on. And since Danny, I was originally going to choose a Kurosawa here, so since Danny stole the one I wanted, I'll go with my second favorite from the 60s, just because I don't want to lose it. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I mean, Luke Luke definitely loves this movie too, but I don't know if it's the one you're worried about. Probably is. Redbeard? 
Oh no, no. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. I, I do really like them. No, Redbeard. So this is the this is the second of the three masterpieces that I was talking about. Oh really? Yeah. I'm honestly curious what your third one is though. Yojimbo. I think Sanjuro's better. Really? I kind of agree. They're oh, both the same to me. They're both like, basically the same to me. But watch them. I like Yojimbo. They're very different more. movies. They are. Honestly. I like Yojimbo. More I kind of just like how like uh, Buffoon is like kind of cast off to the side of the second one, or like. He's not Ooh. as a main. Like, I, I just, he's not as I main. I think I just prefer the, the plot one. of the second. The second. Like, just yeah, like he's the more of the characters it. in the second yeah, one. Like, yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. about the, the group in the second one versus Yojimbo. Like, I mean, Yojimbo's way more. It's it's a western. That's kind of why I like the little more. No, but they're both great movies. So I do love Yojimbo because like even Yojimbo when he goes and just climbs it and like watches the fight at the end and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, but Redbeard. Um, we have talked about this one on the podcast. Yeah. It was yeah, it was did. the one that we, we did. That was our first blind spot. With Titan. Yeah. yeah. Weird, weird <laughs> combo. Weird combo. Weird combo. No, but we talked about this one on that podcast. And I know, I mean, we. I, I might have more thoughts on it this time. Like, I really need to watch this one again specifically because I, especially since, like, reading more about, like, how to see, like, that, especially that Buddhist book has, like, made me more, more aware of like just like Buddhist themes, especially in Asian cinema, where they aren't specifically in the movie directly. Like this movie specifically came to my mind. She, she in the book that I was talking about, I can't remember what it's called, but um, she's talking about like Rashomon and how that's a Buddhist, how that's like she's like viewing that one in Buddhist mm. lens. But you could easily take that and look at Redbeard because Redbeard's literally doing kind of like what Buddhists are supposed to do. Yes, like he's yes. basically a Buddhist monk, but yeah, like, like uh, just helping the like poor, his, no matter what. His kind of uh, view on compassion. Yes, you just do it no matter what. You know. Yes, like. and I just love. I love the overall message of the movie, and it's what it honestly. It's it's one of Kurosawa's best movies. No, dude. It's, it's like it's it has whatever you think of samurai movies, you don't think or like this isn't even like. I, well, the first time I, I actually it watched is, it, I yeah, thought yeah. I thought it wasn't going to actually be a samurai movie. I wasn't expecting a doctor movie or like a medical movie. Yeah, yeah. But like it's set in that period, which is why I thought that. And when and you so see the like, poster, and yes, like, when you see the poster, the, the name just, even Redbeard, like it just all makes it just you think makes, of samurai. It makes but. you think of it. But then like you watch the movie, and he's not deconstructing that myth, although he might be a little bit honestly. But like it's it's just like. But I think he's kind of using that heroic ideal and applying it to like being a doctor, or yes. like you know, like instead of just being a samurai, you know, you can like you can kind of even have that kind of heroic mentality for other things, like yeah, like, maybe more useful, honestly, but. Um, no, dude, another thing that I kind of see similar with at least high and low, what I was talking about at the beginning of high and low, um, with, like, shooting, like, enclosed spaces, like how the first 50 minutes of high and low is in, in like, a single house. Redbeard's, a lot of it's, like, inside this, like, really cramped doctor's, uh, like, where he's taking care of all these patients, but it still looks amazing. Like, all the interior scenes and stuff, like, where, where yeah. they're taking oh, care yeah. of everyone. Like, oh, dude. He just, uh, all of his movies just are, like, gorgeous. They like, are. It's, it's crazy, dude. I, yeah. And, like, this one's three hours long, and, and you would think that, like, watching a three-hour medical movie would be, like, kind of boring, honestly, but it oh, never and, really and, is. And that, because so. it's, like, a, like that, uh, Mufune's, like, the headmaster. Yeah, he's the head But doctor. there's, like, that assistant, because I've only seen him once, too. Yeah. Uh, but there's, like, that assistant that has that kind of breakthrough moment halfway through the movie. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of, like, almost see it with him. Because you're almost agreeing with him the first time, like, why even stay here, almost, you yeah. know? But, yeah, my nephew didn't even rewatch it. It's funny because I have a poster of it in my house. Yeah, you the do. The poster's so good. It is so good. <laughs> like, another, would, one, another one that makes you think it's going to be a samurai movie. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay. uh, but it, right. also, once you've seen the movie, it still makes sense. It That's does. I like. Yes. It's not like the poster doesn't make sense no, like, once yeah. you've seen the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, is yeah, it, it, it is your turn, Luke. Okay. So I'm at the point where I don't think you guys... Everything I pick now, I'm not afraid of you guys stealing. Oh, okay. okay. So That's a, I'm going to go back to like... 
Okay, I'm gonna go back to like my like very very favorite. So with this next pick, I'm picking the Young Girls of Rochefort. Yeah. Directed mm-hmm. by Jacques Demy. Uh, literally a top ten favorite movie of all time. I can comfortably say that it's. Uh, I'm. I'm I should have taken it just to be an asshole. No, you yeah. shouldn't. You, you, like, you, like, you like Umbrella Short Board better. I do like it's Umbrella Short Board better. So. It's but, a better uh, movie. It's a better movie. It's, uh, Young Girls Rochefort, it's like, you it's, know, less it's, it's, <laughs> no. oh, come on. It's, it's the, it's one of the most just delightful movies ever made. But at the same time, I don't like how you're reacting <laughs> to this right now. Okay, uh, what do you mean by delightful, though? Because all movies are delightful to me. Okay, but this one is, is... It's like dim, dim, it's like it's like it's like literally it's like it's just too sweet. That's maybe why. It's like, but at the so same time, it's like he's he's very much. Uh, it's it is sweet, but it's not like he's still not like all the way in the clouds. Like there's still like kind of echoes of like of the war going on, and there's like he's also kind of deconstructing musicals, like with the whole uh, serial killer subplot in it. And it's kind of like I, I think I saw someone uh, say that like. But like, and, it, and I ma- it makes a lot of sense with with Demi's career because starting from like Lola, his first movie, he's always been obsessed with the chance encounter. Well, he's obsessed with love in general, but especially like, the obsessive encounter. Like, like, uh, what like when you meet someone that like your soulmate, let's say, or someone that you like live the rest of your life with, like, or the even fa- the fact that, that you guys has meeting, an impact on your rest yes, of your life, even if you're not with them. Just how the fact that like even if something slightly changed, like, uh, if if somehow you guys hadn't met how much the, mm. your life would change. He's, he's kind of obsessed with that. From Lola, because, like, Lola... It was Lola. crazy, because That's Awfuls is, like, one of his main themes, too. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's... Um, and we've talked... We both watched Lola last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went... And, uh, I mean, I, I just rewatched Lola, Lola yeah. so, yeah. And, like, Lola... You watched, we watched uh, Lola Montez, yes, which is yes, Awfuls yes. as Lola. And then Demi, like, an homage to that movie, yes. made Lola. And, like, Lo- Lola, like, the whole plot of that movie kind of... It's about this guy who has this former girlfriend who's a cabaret dancer. And basically, they randomly run into each other on the street. And then we see, basically, like, what happens between them. And so from the very beginning, he was obsessed with that. And Young as Rochefort seems like him taking that obsession and just, like, trying to make the his most, like, delightful movie. I you know guess what you're selling me on it now. You're selling yeah. me on it. Um, I might. I'll this, give this, it a movie, this movie really is so built. I mean, it's, it's, so built it's so built around the chance encounter. It's, it's so good. And as it, it it plays with that with some of those beautiful moments of all time, like it's uh, some of my favorite moments. Like, we'll get also you have Gene Kelly, bro. We'll get the chance encounters with Sai also for sure. Yes, so. like, are you? Have, we haven't done Demi, so are you ever gonna? We've done. Him? I'm probably I think we did Love. Man. I think we, we did, did Umbrellas. Umbrellas I think. Yeah. Did we do Umbrellas or Young Girls? We did Umbrellas. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely. We'll, I'll try and do Demi at some point because he's definitely a director that means a lot to me. I'm starting to. I'm start. I'm starting to. Uh, Look at how I'm gonna, uh, trying to dig deeper into his uh, work and like starting to do that because I, I, re- I rewatched Lola. And I think I did I rewatch another movie or something. Well, I'm thinking about rewatching a lot of his movies soon. So yeah, had to had to pick Young Girls. Had to pick Young Girls. Ro- of Rochford. That sounded weird. Right? <laughs> <laughs> young Girls. I, that's why I picked Young Girls. Rochford. All right. All right. Good pick. Good pick. Yeah. 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 All right. My number five. I think this is the last one. I was kind of worried about people picking at least Blake, because um, I know he's a huge Chris Marker head. But if I had four camels or if I had photos, it was on it was on my list. But I have others also. Logic to you, yes. But uh, well, maybe I, I won't say anything. But I'll, I'll stick to five four camels because we did review that on the podcast too. Did we? Uh, yeah, we did with the uh, Mind to Play. Oh yeah, we did yeah. for Vertov. <laughs> yeah, no, because we done Sansa also. 
Yeah, that was from. We did have French New Wave. Yeah. So we've done no, two wait, did we do Lajete instead of Sans Soleil, or did we, we do did. Sans Soleil? Did we do both? We did, we did Sans Soleil for sure. I think we did both. We might have done both. But either way. Oh, yeah, we, we, oh, we did, we did Lajete and Sans Soleil. Okay, okay we, we did, did the same. So we've done Not three Sans Marker Soleil, movies. And not a marker series. Yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, that's, not, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Uh, yeah. But if I have four camels, I, I just love... Uh, maybe one reason... Because I've talked about it before, obviously. Just one of the reasons I had to pick it is... Like, to me, uh, I love photography. And this is just all still images. Yes. So it's yes. kind of just like... Well, on, just on that it's level. Him, it's him kind of building off of Lachete yes. and trying to make it into like yeah. a feature. Trying to make a new form, I guess. And re- No, but really making you think about film is just moving images. Yes. And it is 24 frames a second, so it makes it look like it's motion. But at the end of the day, you really are just watching uh, frames yes. moving fast. Um, and this one, like, literally makes you think about that by just literally showing you frame one after the other. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So well, and it's like, I know it's shot in, like, 24 different countries or something. Like, there's a, an yeah, insane yeah. amount of different countries, which makes you think of, like, and just the makes... framing device of it, of like having a guy tell about his past. Yeah. Like, he's the oh, photographer. Yeah, but yeah, he's also lying a lot. Um, yes. Well, that's what I was saying. He's like doing the like the same thing that he kind of like, that he kind of loves doing of like showing like how an image can almost lie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of like like specifically with the twenty four country or like however many countries he's filming. Like you never know specifically if like if if this country he says he's in is actually the country he's in basically. Yeah. Like, because there's so many like, shot in. Like, like I think we mentioned this once where he says something about the dead cat. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the girl and the dead cat. Or I think it's a boy or something dragging like a, a dead cat or, or something. Yeah, cat or dog. Or, yeah. or we see him with the cat. We don't know it's dead or something. Then he tells us it's dead. And like, yeah. it changes how we think about the image and stuff. Yeah, because so, like, yeah. he was because you're thinking, oh, maybe he's just dragging along yeah, his dog yeah. or his cat or whatever it is. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and then we learned he killed it or something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just like stuff like that. He's like basically examining what the images could be literally. Like how we perceive it and everything. Uh,. But also, it's just such a poetic movie. It's like, it flows very well. It is a lot, though. Like, you could... Like, especially since you're having to read subtitles. That's why... Because I, when I um, watched it for the podcast... Yeah. I watched it... I watched it, it two days in a row because I was... I was like... The first time, I was like, damn, I didn't... And I was... That's why, like, Sansa Leia is so nice, too. Because it is feel like... It's like... It feels like this is kind of his trial run in some ways for yeah, Sansa yeah. Even though... I think it's special in its own way just because it it's is. still images. And it is, like... It's a... It is different. It's... It is... It's a different movie, but it is also yeah, it's a trial run in some ways because it's only fifteen minutes too, um, so it's shorter. Uh, but no, do you got do you like this one more or Sansley more? I oh, more I like Sansley. Sansley is like my top. It's I think it's my number six. That's gonna be the the, the for the eighties draft. That's gonna be a number one. That's gonna be that's gonna be the number one pick for any of us. I think no, no, oh, it's not my number one. No, dude, the rewatch I had of it, it's probably very was very 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 good. That's all. Yeah. Oh, so it's dude, gonna I, be like, I saw I watched Sans Soleil in the week uh, the week after I watched it again. Honestly, I I've been, yeah, it's, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's one of the movies. It's one of the movies that you could watch like every month and get something yeah, new. Yeah, so. no, yeah. and uh, oh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like that's what's so nice about Sans Soleil though is that one has the English soundtrack. So yeah. you can actually no, I need to, to watch it. I need to, to watch it in English. Oh, I've, only, I've only watched it oh, in really? English. Really? Because honestly, I think, said, I, th- I think we mentioned that. Yeah, we want, did. If you're English, he wants you to watch it with the English. Because yeah. I was going to say, because I actually don't think I ever want to watch the French one, because I just love the English woman so much. Honestly, you should it's watch it in like, French, too, because there is something French. about, like, just the French language here. Yeah, yeah French language. We've all watched French movies where you can still recognize. There is something special about it. That lady's voice, though, is just Dude, the lady's voice in the lady's voice in Stansley French version is also... No, but it is good in English, too. I know it's so good. It's great. Yeah, I'm talking from the perspective of only seeing the French, and you're talking from the perspective of only seeing it in English. Okay, yeah, that's insane. 
I've seen both. So. No, I'm, I'm going to watch it in English the next time I watch it, which is definitely going to be this year. But oh, yeah, it's easy to watch. But uh, yeah. So, um, if I have four camels, oh yeah, it's my uh, okay. I, I guess the other one I'm going to pick is. I think Luke is the only one that I was scared of taking a good art, but I think you're gonna you'll probably take a different one. So I'm okay, yeah. two or three things I know about her. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking. Okay, okay. That's, I, mean, I still love that movie. Though. Okay, yeah. I, I, uh, two or three things I know about her. It's like honestly, uh, this is to me kind of like Godard's almost like pre-run for maybe I haven't seen a lot of his later movies yet. Yeah, but I know they're like a lot more deconstructive than even some of like the early six. Yeah, like yeah, all yeah. Godard's movies it's are much more like radical yeah. but yeah in terms of like even just like on the face being more of a video essay kind of even more yes. than a movie just per se uh, this is like really his like really like first one full out to me at least uh, that I could think of in his filmography and it just like it's kind of beautiful like using just like this like couple's like day in the life of this couple and just yes. using throwing so many ideas at you yeah. just as she like walks through her day to day life before going home yeah. and, and what's also a crazy thing I learned about this like sort of recently he shot this movie and Made in USA at the same time. He would, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he would shoot one of them in the morning and then shoot the other one at like in the afternoon or not, at night, basically. And shot them both of those movies at the same time. And dude, I wouldn't be surprised if he was using like footage he shot for that one and this one. Uh, maybe, like, honestly. Uh, you definitely need to watch Made in USA, though. I know, I definitely do. I definitely I just, do. I actually do. There's a couple that of movie's not for everyone, but I, I love that movie. But it's just, dude, this one is like... Uh, we were just talking about Marker, and this is in some ways his most Markerist movie of the 60s. Yeah. Um, like like I was saying earlier about video essay, it's almost like there is a guy, like, not only Marker-esque, but also Vertov-esque. Like, there's almost, like, in Man, movie, in, like, Man with a Movie Camera, when we have, like, a guy, ha- a person, like, one third through the movie, we see the editor, like, actually editing the movie. Yeah. We can almost see, feel Godard, like, over, like, over the movie itself, like, at random moments, pausing it using his weird little whisper voice like yes, to, yes. to say something poetic and then he'll play it again and then he'll cut like you can almost feel him like literally doing it in the movie yes. and like this is like his most at least in the 60s because I haven't seen later ones yet but yeah. at least in the 60s to me this is like his most movie like that um, yeah. which I really love it's probably my second favorite movie from him in the 60s that I've seen so far so and like yeah. I think you uh, uh, you posted the um, quote from Alphaville uh, I forgot it was something about po- a poetry oh yeah uh, I forgot the exact uh, wait, wait, hold on I can bring it up right now but uh, uh, um, um, but basically he, it's a similar yeah. theme and two other thing, things I know about her about like, like he has a quote a line or something where he says he wants to be political and poetic at the same yeah, time yeah 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 Cause it, but this, I'll, yeah, to me I'll, this movie is yeah. like proof that he is a poet like he is like legit a poet too uh, uh, yeah. at using uh, images too and not just political as a lot of people think of him yeah in Alphaville the quote is uh, do you know what illuminates the, ni- the night poetry yes yes yeah like no no uh, that's, this is one of the movies that re- like really made me think of Godard differently honestly yeah 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 um but I guess everyone has that Godard moment. I don't know. I, I've had that Godard moment. Blake hasn't had it yet. I have. Blake has. Yeah. Blake's seen his later ones. Okay. So, okay. No, that's that's probably the reason I like two or three things I know about okay. her so much. Honestly, because his sixties, his sixties movies are very hit and miss with me. But okay. I think that's true probably for everyone. Like he has yeah. so many. He has like, so, he likes, so many. I'm starting to love them yeah. now. All though now that I'm rewatching them, like. But are you gonna pick one another Godard soon? Or? Probably, maybe. Uh, I, 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 I still don't know how this is ultimately going to unfold my list, but... But what's your... It is your turn. Oh, so. it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Oh, goddamn. I actually wasn't really ready for this. Uh, okay, actually, never mind. I do know. Uh, this one you guys both haven't seen. The Leopard, uh, okay. directed by Lucini Visconti. Sell us on it. Sell us on it. Is this Visconti's best? Right now, it's my favorite, for sure. Oh, okay. It's his... 
grandiose three-hour epic where he's basically... It's, it's super interesting what he does with this movie because it's like... It's so epic talking about like kind of the the fall of the the, the decline of the patriarchy um, through this man like basically that the I'm I'm not really super well known versed in Italian history but like uh, basically when when the unification of during the unification of Italy basically uh, a lot of these aristocrats lost power basically uh, that they once had and it's kind of but thing is with what makes uh visconti's relationship with this with the patriarch or, or aristocracy i should that's actually that's probably the right word to say i get those two aristocracy is that what, is saying, that what i'm saying okay aristocracy. his relationship to that is really interesting because he was born into arist uh into royalty italian royalty um which he ended up turning into a uh gay marxist like a, a homosexual marxist basically so he had an interesting perspective on it but like He's so he's not like it's not like he's he's not looking at them in, in like a, he's looking at them in a very like melancholic but still critical. Mm. It's super interesting. Like it's a very interesting view on it that I think he brings to it, um, and which then I guess later on a little later on he gets he gets kind of insane with it. I guess no, that's more actually never mind. Just because <laughs> I was thinking of the Dan, but that's. The Nazis, so that makes sense. That's like the fascism. This is—I don't know if it's really fat. I'm not great with like political terms, but anyway. But like, uh, what I love about the leopard—it's like a lot of it's super like he—he—he he, he loves to like shoot stuff like from a distance, and a lot of it—it it feels like it feels a lot of times like a tone poem in a way. Like there, there, there's obviously moments of dialogue, but there's he uh, there's also a lot of moments with no like not a lot of dialogue, and you're just kind of observing like. And the movie just flows in that kind of a really super fascinating way. It's kind of hard to talk about when you guys haven't seen it. Cause yeah, you know yeah I know, I know. About. I can see how you're trying to talk about it. Yeah. I do definitely need to watch Wisconsin, too. He's the one. And like, one of my favorite scores of all time, too. It's so good. Nina Rota, the GOAT, probably. Oh, okay. Of, of composers, so. But yeah, it's so good. Damn, yeah, I don't think I've seen any Visconti. I don't yeah. think I have either. Damn. It's crazy. That's crazy. I might, I'm, because he, he has longer he, movies. He's one of the directors I'm considering <laughs> for my next series. Right. But I, I'm not sure yet. I don't want to commit to anything. All right, Blake. All right, so I do want to have one Godard on my list, and it okay. is going to be my favorite from the six I've seen so far. So it's, and it's going to play into my next pick too, which I I rewatched today actually that I did not realize was heavily inspired by Godard the first time I watched it. But my first pick, number six, my number six pick is going to be Viva Savi. Viva yeah, Savi. Um, this was the one that I was talking about, where it was my moment with Godard, where I was uh, like, oh, okay. okay, I actually do love, like, like he can make a movie I love, basically. Because, <laughs> like, uh, okay. I think I had seen yeah. five movies before that, that I was just like, I get why people like him, but I, he's just not for me, basically, right okay. now. And then Viva Savi came along, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this, yeah. is a, this is really, really, really fucking good. Um... Mostly because a lot of my problems, especially with the 60s Godard characters, is, like, his female characters, I don't think they're, like... Like, I just don't like the way he, like, writes them, basically. Or, like, the way he portrays them a lot of the time. Mostly because I think... I think he's, like... Like, I know I said this in Breathless. Like, one of the reasons I don't like that is because I think he knows how smart the American journalist is in that game. Or in that, in that movie. And if he knows how smart she is, I don't understand why she falls for someone like Michelle, basically. Um, that was like, that's like one of my problems. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like well, that was one of my problems. Like, I liked the way he wrote her character, but it just didn't match up with the way she's acting almost. And I had that, I've had that feeling with a lot of this movie, with like a lot of his female characters in movies. But Viva Savi is like 
honestly just an amazing portrayal of like how how a woman can fall into like prostitution basically yeah like especially in a, especially in a changing france after world war ii you know like mm-hmm. because there are a lot i think this is this is one of the ones where a lot of the like air titles are like machine gun fire basically yeah, yeah. i'm pretty sure one of the air titles is actually like someone gets shot or like like someone gets shot and then like the air tile right after that's like just machine gun fire or something it's like something that. I can't. It was something like that. Yeah. But he does like it's it, he does a lot of his classic Godard things like a lot of the uh, quick cuts, a lot of quick cuts, a lot of weird yeah. tiles and stuff it's like that. It's definitely one of the more accessible Godards. I, would I say. think it is too. Well, and it's just because like Anna Karina carries the shit out of the movie, man. Like oh, man, she's, awesome. she is. It's it's my favorite performance from her, which I know probably like you guys might like Pierre Lefou more or one of her other movies more because she has a lot of great ones, but. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Baby. It also has I one of my too. favorite, like when uh, she goes and watches Passion of Joan Arc in the theater. Yes, I love yes. that moment. Yes, one of the great homages. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's one of the greatest, dude. Uh, like, dude. It's almost like because it's like foreshadowing the movie too, like her ending yes. as well. Uh, no, no, it's a it's a really great movie. Yeah, you guys have anything else to say about? It? I mean, I need to rewatch I want to see it, it once. I, like, I've, I've seen, seen it once, and there's some, so, there's some of the other ones I've seen a few times, but yeah. I do really love it. I I loved it the first time I watched it, so no, I agree. It's also only like 80-something It's like 82 minutes or yeah, something, which crazy. is insane. 84, yeah. Yeah, 84. No, but this the one of the reasons I decided to choose this one now is because it actually leads into my second pick, which I do like more. It 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 I like it more than Viva Savi. I just okay. want to talk about that one first yeah, yeah, because yeah. it would it would lead, it would lead into this one better. But honestly, if I'm being real to myself, this movie is the best Godard movie, honestly, of the 60s. Oh. <laughs> it's Funeral Parade of Roses. Oh, okay, yes, yes. I watched... So, Funeral Parade of... I don't even remember who directed it. I think it's Toshio Matsumoto. 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 Toshio Matsumoto. Um, yeah. But Funeral Parade of Roses is about a trans... Or maybe just cross-dresser. I don't know if he's... I don't know if yeah, he's I don't specifically... Know if he's actually, he, he is called a she in the movie, so... Okay. So, it is a trans, like, a trans... Basically, sex worker. Yes. Um... But it's basically about her. It's it's a lot like Viva Savi, like basically about her like downfall almost, yes. or like how, like her her end is more. It's I actually don't remember what the end of Viva Savi is anymore. Yeah, I do. What is it? Should I say it? Yeah, uh, she gets shot. She gets shot yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. very similar because I I thought I thought it was something on, like that that happened yeah. to her at the end of that movie. That's too. all I'm saying. It's foreshadowed by Joe yes. Passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That. Um, because like, Funeral Parade of Roses is basically the exact same story, except yeah. it's of, it's like, it's a it's of like trans workers in 1960s Japan, which there was a lot of. Like this, yeah. it's it's honestly watching it this time. It felt like watching a movie about making movies. Too. Did you rewatch it? Or something? I did. I rewatched oh, it today. Yeah, because this is one of the ones that I watched like for the first time in like 2018. And I loved it, but I've never gone back to it. And that's why I said like I never realized that I was influenced by Godard the first time I watched it because I watched this movie yeah. before I watched Godard. But watching it this time, I was like, this man is just doing the... He's literally just doing Viva Savi, basically. Like, like I don't, well, I don't remember if this one was in Viva Savi, but I know there's a, there's a scene in, in um, one of Jean-Luc Godard's movies where they're driving. The girl sees the mystery... Or, like, the... like she, So the girl in this movie, like, uh, Eddie. Eddie's, the, Eddie's her name. She's basically cheating... Or she's the mistress of the owner of that of the bar she's working in, basically, or of like the uh, the the place that she's working in, yeah. And his actual girlfriend is the mistress of that place. Like she's the head, the head, the hand, the head woman in that place, and also a trans woman. But she sees her, like on the side of the street and then she looks behind her and is like was that the mistress maybe she saw us and stuff like that and i'm pretty sure there's there's an exact same scene in the godard movie where like the girl looks behind and is like worried that that's the person that 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 the wife actually saw what they were doing 
basically, because they're like driving away in a car. He's like, "Don't worry about, it. don't worry about." It. Oh, was it? Oh, that's uh, is that a woman? Is a woman? It might be a woman. Is a woman actually? Well, it's uh, is it, was it? Is it the girl cheating on the guy though in that movie? I can't. remember. I can't remember either. Godard has so many sixties movies. That's why I was kind of yeah. just lumping him in. But this one feels a lot like Beavis and Be though, because it really is just about like the downfall of this woman and this and and like the the environment that basically caused it. Yeah, because because yeah. it's a very tragic tale. I'm not going to spoil it because I know you. I know you haven't seen it, Danny. But it's a very tragic tale yeah. that I actually forgot the ending. It's, uh, but I actually forgot. I, like, I kind of love when that happens. So so I can like the second watch is like. Is there there's another like. No, I, I have it done. I gave it to you. I've given it to you. It might be. I remember you, the, you took it from me. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I watched that movie a couple years ago. I don't remember a lot from it, but just the main thing I remember from it coming out of it was like how radical it was yes. for a sixties movie. Not only in the politics, but just like. The form of it, it's yeah. The insane. form of it, the form of it's very much like Godard, like I said. But it's also, it really does feel like you're like yeah. it's a movie about making movies because there's literally a scene where it's sped up. No, yeah, yeah. Well, well, oh yes, no. That those yeah. like the silent fighting scene or yes, like the yes, fighting yes. scenes, in, like a silent movie is what I call them because it's the exact same frame yeah. rate. <laughs> but um, more specifically, is she Eddie in the movie? Is it actually an actress in a movie being made in the movie? So like. <laughs> You know okay, what I'm talking about? Saying, like yeah. she, like there's a director in the movie where, the, where the, like a lot of the sex scenes in the movie aren't real sex scenes. There are real ones in quote in quotation marks, obviously, like real sex yeah, scenes. Yeah. But the most evocative sex scenes are the ones being filmed for the movie, because it's being filmed in a in a more experimental way than even the movie that we've been watching is being filmed. Like he's basically using the movie in the movie to be even more experimental with me. the movie. No, <laughs> it's just because he's, yeah. Yeah, he's just making you think like what is real what, like what is what are we watching on the screen like what is her real life and what is actually the movie that they're making basically in the movie because there are a lot of scenes that you're watching and you're like oh okay this is actually happening in her life and then you realize that was part of the movie that she was in mm. but it's just it's a it's a it's a great movie and i really yeah. i'm really glad it sounds, like a, I mean, it sounds yeah. like a Fellini thing too i need to rewatch it, it. yeah i wasn't i didn't have Fellini on my mind whenever i was watching it but but just that you actually, saying that you yeah. saying that makes me seem like he would do but could see that, yeah. But yeah, um, one of my favorite movies from the '60s, honestly. So, yeah. I just know. I, I, I really want to watch more one. Japanese New Wave too. Because yeah. I, no, I, I, I watched my first Emma recently. So, I watched my first Emma recently. Oh, okay. So it's got me kind of. A, I don't know if I've seen any of the Emma '60s movies actually. Yeah. But yeah, um, is it my turn now? Yeah. Okay. It is. Oh boy, I wasn't ready again. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can go ahead and just take a good hour because we're kind of already talking. We're already there. Uh, okay, there's two Godard. I'm like, oh, no, I have to decide now. Oh, no. I know which two, too. You know which two? Yeah. Say them. Alphabet and Pierre LeFou? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's obviously Pierre LeFou. Like, come on. Let's not overthink Stop. this here. Oh, you're... Thing is, I'm going to talk about Alphabet now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, also, because we haven't talked... We've talked about Pierre LeFou. Uh, Blake's like, what What did you give Alphabet? One, dude. It's oh, my gosh. It's a terrible movie. What? No. Uh, that's literally the most insane that's thing. That's an insane take. It's a terrible movie. Literally? Uh, okay. It's so good. Right, so anyway, Maybe his best looking movie, and that's oh saying something. Oh my gosh. Too. Okay, that's, I'm going to talk about though. this. It's not his best looking movie. It may be. He made like a sci fi noir. That's like still that's all I in need. Paris. Yeah, literally. Like, no, it's like, but there's like, there's you know, no, no sets, special effects. There's no like yeah, sets exactly. or anything. Like, uh. it's all just like, it just does it. Like, yeah, oh my god. And just, and just. It's like his logic. It's like this, like, you get the classic, like, Godard just like. 
taking a lot from like if, American if, noir. If Alvin Bill was like, only twenty, it was only thirty minutes. It might be good. You're no, right. no <laughs> well, you need to watch just, it. Again. Just, you watched like twenty eighteen. You were uh, the one who was just saying you had like, well, you had watched Godard. Like, uh, you had five. You changed on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now. Go like, back to him. Go but back. like, go uh, back to him. It's his sci-fi. But, you but like just, it. it's kind of. It, it definitely. <laughs> it, it feels like I, I kind of really love it. Also, kind of what I noticed this time watching it, rewatching because I rewatched it this week, is that it's very much. It feels like Godard's like. It very much showcases Godard's fear of like an artless world, yeah, like a film with a world without art. And oh man, just and just like and he brings out that's that's insane, dude. That's insane. He he brings and just just uh, the beauty he brings out in it, especially like with Anna Karina's character. Yes, yes. Kind of, she's uh, like kind of robotic at first. She's robotic, but then uh, the 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 the, the, the... stop. Okay, stop (laughs) it. I mean, every, a lot of most of them are robotic in movies. Sure. But it's part yeah. of the point, though. That's the yeah, point. Exactly. Yeah, but like, uh, but just the just world. just the fact that like such a simple like final line of "I love you" can mean so much. Like within the frame of the movie, is just like. Oh. But dude, I also love it. it. Has some like really funny moments too. Yeah, it is very funny. Yeah, it's yes. very funny. Like, movie, oh my gosh! Like, like the pool scene and stuff where they're all dying. Like, yeah. all <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, and just like it's, it's in some of the ways he like uh, he like uh, just uh, the people is too was like hilarious. But uh, one of the creative, most creative parts of the movie is like some of the exteriors of like just how they're using black and white for certain buildings yeah. to make it look sci-fi, like make it look like it's a sci-fi world, but still yes. it's like you know no special effects or anything. Yeah, yeah. Or like that fan they keep cutting to um, that looks like a futuristic fan, like the way they angle yeah. it's like an angle. That's what I remember in my head, but. And there's also that like that AI robot too, like yeah, 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 uh, the one that talks to him and stuff. Can't believe which shows and, and, so and, and, oh, and uh, they're both great movies. They're both fucking amazing. Like, Carol Two is a masterpiece compared to this one. I agree. Uh, they're both mas- They're both uh, masterpieces. But like, thing is with uh, like uh, I also love. I think something you talked about talked about before. No, I don't think about the but like all the philosophy like in it. Like, yes, yes. Oh, it's so great. Like that's true in a lot of dark movies. But, yeah, you know, this especially this especially with the like, sci-fi too, because it's kind of like showing this world like what yeah. would a world look like without art that's in the future yes but more importantly it's almost like this is kind of the world like he's at least i mean i still feel this way but he's trying to make people realize like based on the values we have now this is the world people want yes and so like, even the values that we have now that's this gonna, is kind of the world that people that's gonna want, bring me on my next point i mentioned almost. there was a movie that i was gonna bring up that has a i realized there's a connection to playtime alphaville and playtime are very are connected I in a way that. i can see they're kind of both yes. uh they're both sci-fi kind of uh observations on modern society but they're kind of little different approaches to it i mean tati's a bit more like he's more detached yeah like like laid back about it i think he's more like he's also way more understanding the people in it he's more understanding but like godard is more like he's critical that's why i think he also puts it but there's still a little bit of romanticism like within the genre i guess and like the the ending too is kind of still hopeful oh yeah that's true with the drive and stuff but still there's very much a connection there between the two oh i love that drive at the end dude because uh, just especially when when, uh, when when she like turns back and he says don't look back like yes. yeah oh, oh my gosh it's so good and just like the fact that they're saying like yeah we're, we're interstellar traveling now and yeah, they're just oh on our gosh, road yeah. like, no but it looks great though oh it looks so good dude uh, but uh, like, Blake what'd you know. give Pure Lefou three and a half three and a half what the fuck and you like that movie like, yeah, yeah, you that's what both. I'm saying <laughs> uh, that's you, insane you shouldn't be talking yeah, about either be talking, one honestly alright alright Alville Alville Okay, so uh, my number seven. Uh, I think it's time to take Alpha's a person. Oh, okay, yeah. Al Hassar Balthazar. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I Brasan is going to be my next series pick too after Brasan. Yes. So we'll get there. But um, honestly, I don't know if it's my favorite Brasan, but like uh, I will say one thing I love about it is just like 
the way he uses a donkey. Um, honestly, like, it's there's something about films, like, where animals can honestly, just like when you show an animal, even more than a human, you're like, you sympathize with them right away. Yeah. And, like, they, he uses that to, like, amazing effect. Like, he knows that. You know, yes. where, like, well, you know what you say, like, a lot of his actors, like, he tries to make them very, like, model-like or robotic, yes. or however you want to put, the, put that. But, like, an animal, you try to do that, and you almost can't do it, you know? Yeah. Like, even when he films in the same way, like, you just can't do it. You have to, like, be on their side, yeah. you know? But there is just something about an animal that's like that, and that, like, he uses that to the movie. That's kind of what the movie's about, you know? Like, yeah. this, watching this innocent animal go through all, like, and, these uh, stages of life, like, like he literally said. Like, Godot- I have to bring up the Godot quote about it, too. What? Uh, he, 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 he called, he claimed that Alphazar Balthazar is the world in an hour and a half. That's yeah. kind of that, that's kind of what Rasan is though. Like the fact he could take an hour and a half movie about a, a very like kind of uh, stripped down the right word, just minimalist, I guess, story about a donkey going through suffering, and can make the impact of that. So okay, uh, I'll, I'll read yeah, you what he said. Uh, like, why he made the movie? Because it kind of goes what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, quote: I had a sudden inspiration. A film with the donkey as the main character. The life story of a donkey that follows the same stages as the life story of man. Childhood with this credit childhood with its caresses adulthood with its labor and the discovery of its t- of his talent the donkey is hired by a circus before death there's a mystical phase and then death yes and that's okay. basically like the whole movie too but it's like because really like the donkey is used in a way to really show you the rest of humanity you yes. know the, almost like all the different characters that the donkey encounters and he does that with a lot of his movies but um a donkey is just you know another kind of vehicle for him to do that so uh, yeah but yeah we'll get to more of the later sure. so yeah, well, have you guys seen it? Blake, have you seen it? I've loved it. I love that movie. What the fuck? Oh, that's the only scene. Oh, yeah, you won't. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Damn, it's the trial. I guess side. I'm kind of like that with side, too, so I can't say too much. Yeah. But. Oh, do you have another pick? Oh, yeah. Damn. Okay. Uh, my number eight is. This is kind of a cheating pick, but I'm, I'm going to pick it anyway. Actually, the Apostles. Okay. Yeah. I it, mean, counts. It's, it's it counts. It counts. All the it's amazing. All five parts. It's it's a movie. It's a movie. Oh, okay. five parts I thought you were saying it's not in the sixties. It's in the sixties. Oh, okay, okay. It's in the sixties, but it's like technically a five part TV series. series. Oh, yeah. it's, it's fine. But it's basically it's a TV. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a movie. Like, yeah. And like the Messiah's in the seventies, so I could pick a. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and I'll be. Uh, I'll probably pick that for the seventies one. But um, actually, Apostles is like basically like. It's a neo realist. You could tell it's made by a neo realist director. You know, because it's very stripped down, very like, just want to show you the events as bare as possible. And Blake, you've seen this too, right? Actually, yeah, oh yeah, okay. no, I watched it with you. Guys. No, but oh, yeah, it's like very bare. Like I just love uh, Rossellini's historical style, the way he films, like with the zoom lens and stuff. Like very detached, very just trying to show you the events, maybe as they would have happened, not maybe not as they would have happened, but he's just like almost like maybe not Brisson like, but more like it's like he's literally having them read the text a lot of the times. You know, okay. to where, like, but he wants you to make it feel like it's historical, but at the same time, not make you too historical, if, if that makes sense. You know, almost yeah. like a, p- a poetic historicalness, if you, uh, if you, that makes sense. Like, okay. where the world looks historical, but the words they're saying are, like, very text-based, you know, so it doesn't okay. sound real, but, like, yeah. so it's kind of, like, a combination of a lot of aspects that okay. I really like. Like, it's his take on history in a lot of ways that are really in-depth, so I don't want to go too much now, but... Uh. And I will pick like Brisson and Rosalina are like really the next two that I want to do in my mind. Okay, yeah. At least for now, you know that can always change. I'm very, I'm very interested um, in those two. But yeah, series, what yeah. do you think about Axel Apostles? Because no, have I, you seen I, any I, other Rosalina? I don't think so, actually. 
Damn, that's I've, awesome. I've, I've, the only Ross Laney you've seen is actually a fossil. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen I've only seen the Ward trilogy, which actually makes sense. I mean, that makes yeah. sense though. Yeah, that's like I mean, that, that would be logical. Yeah, like, you know? his first three movies. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> the ones that are most popular. And yeah, I don't. Go but Axe the Fossils. Yeah, it was a, it was a good name series. It was a good name series. <laughs> No, the thing I can say. Not we need. We need to make a list of this. Yeah, of all yeah, like, like offenses. Like, his here. first, like his first movie, the main director. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Most random shit. And like, just, like, yeah. What was the the Flea needs is the moon. The one. La- his last movie. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the way the way yeah. the moon. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> he's like, I don't think I like Flea. You know. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad movie. To be fair. <laughs> I, I need to give it a chance. No, but not not having not seen any other Rossellini movies, the one thing I'll say about Axe of the Apostle that I love the most was his settings. Like like the real like it looked it looked like we were watching the actual like 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 a what fifty something eighty or whatever, whenever yeah, yeah. whenever Jesus was actually here. Like uh, like it literally felt like we were watching that. Well, you go through a long time period. Too, yeah, no, because it's the you it's watch Axe. Age, it's Axe. Yeah, yeah, you watch all the disciples' age and stuff. Yeah. No, but that was like the one thing that struck that stuck out to me. It was like the locations and the sets were just like amazing, but made you really feel like you were there. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm sure is like how his Messiah feels, also. Yes. Or yes. just how any of the movies probably. No, feel. and some of the locations are the same too, which is cool. Like, like there's like uh, in Socrates, they go to uh, when they go to Greece, and that's like 500 years before Acts of the Apostles. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. They go to the same spot, and so when like Paul goes to Greece, it's like the same exact location. It's kind of cool. Damn, like it makes yeah. you connect to the movies almost. Well, uh, I think like, that sort of ties into like uh, if you if you listen to Linklater's uh, talk, you listen to Linklater talk about Brisson. Mm-hmm. He said he's seen Pickpocket so many times. Like in multiple scenes, he sees the same background actors. Like because oh, a lot of Brisson like reuse extras yeah, like throughout yeah. his movies because yeah, of yeah. low budget and stuff. And so like because like, oh, I remember also him talking about how like Pickpocket was filmed very similar to like, like he was. They were seeing other people filming like Pitch yeah, They ran a Breathless. Yeah, they had okay, to go around yeah. Breathless. Yeah, yeah right. while they were filming Pitch which is kind of crazy. And like, apparently, Brisson was like complaining about like the budget and stuff. Like, when they met, Damn. like, that's hilarious. Like, but, like I, I want to be a fly on the wall right there. Like, yeah, that's a fly on the wall moment. Yeah. But yeah, Axel Fossil's Luke. Okay. So I, this I, is your number seven, right? Yeah, I think so. Wait, hold on. I think it's eight. Uh, yeah, it's eight. What do you pick after? You pick Young Girls of Rochester, The Leopard, and Alphaville. Oh, Alphaville. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. Okay, that's all. Um, okay, so, I this is gonna be my Antonioni pick, but I'm a little torn right now. So Lenote and Blow Up at the moment, I kind of like them, like them the same. But since we've kind of already talked about Blow Up on the podcast and episode, which if we do an Antonioni series, we're doing that again because I have more thoughts on it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna pick Lenote. Uh, Lenote, uh, I, 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 I rewatched this week, and what, what stood out to me, I kind of mentioned this in my letterbox review, like, uh, when we, when we did the Ozu series, and we talked about Tokyo Twilight, and we kind of, like, said it was, like, kind of Ozu's ghost story, like, that kind of, like, really made me, like, started making me think about, like, movies that, like, aren't, like, specifically about ghosts, but, like, can be, like, interpreted as such, and, like, that's kind of how I feel about Lenote, rewatching it, like, these two, it's it's it's, fr- it's the Lenote's about this ma- uh, marriage between these two people, and basically like in the Antonioni way, showing how like disconnected they are, but at the same time like it, it and, just, and just how like kind of like and, and how that makes them act in a way, and just like kind of the, the 
it, basically his movie about marriage and power and it, it's I'm still like reading about it and I'm, it's hard to like formulate a thought on Antonio because Antonio is like a, he's a bit hard to talk about but like uh, just just the way he like he frames this couple is just so amazing to me I haven't um, seen this one in a while like I've yeah. seen La Ventura a few times and do you, do you like this one more than La Ventura? Yes. Okay. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, La Ventura, I absolutely love those too. But yeah, it's it's a movie that like even then like if I'm gonna speak coherently about it, I need to watch it like one or two more times. Like it's just that kind of movie. That's kind of like how I feel about Antonioni though. It's like. Is he next? But I also movie? need to read. I haven't read the. I'm starting. I'm writing a book on Antonioni, oh, and I still okay. need to. I'm still need to read about it. So that maybe that'll help me. But is like, he your next series? Maybe. I'm thinking Possibly? about it. Okay. He's one of the contenders. One of the yeah. But uh, um, but also just the way he shoots the city. The thing is with Antonioni, the way I've really gone into him because he's he's definitely hard to get into, uh, at least on the surface. And like kind of how I've connected with this movie is how good like I just love his camera work. And this movie like as well has a lot of that. Just great like and just his images like he's a director, uh, very much like. Uh, I don't know, maybe, I guess I, I'm wondering if you think this is like connected to Brisson in any way. Where he's more interested in the images over like the story or the characterization of the characters. He he's a very he's director focused on he uses images. I think I as the that. film like yeah. I need to watch more Antonioni too. But yeah. Like, like I think I would agree with that. But yeah, I, I think I, he's more con- he he does care about like um, the idea too. Like yes, this idea. idea of kind of like yeah. this maybe social vapidness or I don't know how you want to say maybe like. Yeah, There's some kind of empty, emptiness in the modern world, well, and whatever he's trying to show. The you know, where a lot of people use. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, no, he is an interesting director, like like that, because I know he draws a lot of strong opinions from other directors too. Yes. Um, yes. Which also makes him interesting. And it's, he's such that, a pull. He's so like it's so interesting to read the history of it because yeah. La Ventura premiered at the Cannes in 1959. Everyone hated it. It was getting booed. Monica Vitti ran out of the theater crying. Damn. Three years later, it's top ten on the sight and sound list. Like. Damn. It's like, it's, it, he's such a... I, I, he's, it's, it's a miracle any of these movies got made. I mean, that, that's one like, reason why film festivals shouldn't be taken seriously. Yes. But, like, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, that's a... Yeah. I need to watch... Because I remember watching those three, like the... Laclis, uh, Lanate, and... Well, yeah, La Ventura, Lanate, La Lanate, is, is the order, yeah. But I remember... I, Lee Cleese okay. is the one I need to rewatch because that's the one I didn't really was kind of mid on, but I, I'm sure I'll love it on rewatch. But because I'm more Antonio now, but also has Elaine Delon and Monica Vitti, yeah, arguably the hottest uh, leads in the movie a, ever. Honestly, that's a it's hard it's to it's that's hard to top that. Yeah, but yeah, hope, hope, maybe we'll do a if, if uh, maybe we'll come back to it. All right, my next pick also kind of goes with the Funeral Prayer of Rose's pick. It's another of the Japanese New Wave. Hiroshi Teshigahara's The Face of Another. Oh, shit, dude. Um, just okay. another movie about, like, the masks people wear. The, uh, for a long time, this is one of my favorite movies. I just oh, haven't same, watched it in a long same. time. No, I, I rewatched it, I think, actually, this year. Oh, shit, okay. Maybe okay. maybe late last year. I know I've rewatched it fairly fairly recently because, the, the same with you, the same as you, like, I watched this for the first time, I think, on Filmstruck back in 2018. Yeah, 
mind changing, like mind blowing, like game changer of a movie that I watched. And I mean, it's still is just like whenever I watched it again, it was one of the ones that held up, obviously. Because some of the movies that I watched back then, I look at now and I'm like, I don't know what I was exactly. Yeah. But then this one, this one just like held up. This one along with the the, the or funeral prayer for both of those held up like extremely well. And it's honestly probably just because the Japanese new wave, like like we mentioned, that's one of the strong suits of the '60s. Like they're just trying new shit. Like, the face of another is just trying new shit, man. Yes. Like, all the time. Like, it's a, it's a movie that makes you think about a lot. Like, it's one of the deeper sci-fi movies that we have, I think. Because, like, it, it really is just about, like, the mask that people it wear. It goes all down with though. 60 sci-fi, deep sci-fi movies, you know? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, but... No, but I don't see what you're saying. It's a... No, yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, what, what sticks out to me is just, like, how beautiful the movie is. Yes. Like, yeah. like, when you see... Uh, when you see that shot with all the, the last shot, or like one of the, yeah, last with the faces, shots, yeah. all the blank faces in the crowd and stuff, it's just damn. Like, and honestly, uh, like watching this main guy too, like kind of his like experience with this is, uh, it's really well done. Yeah. It's really well done. Yeah, it no, just no, it's no. been a while. Like I only remember like little moments of the movie because um, I've seen it twice, but it still has been a while. That's yeah, why I picked it. I watched a movie recently that's like kind of very similar. Second. No, Seconds, that's actually... I, yeah. I had seen Frankenheimer Seconds before watching this one, obviously. I think I watched that one last year or two years ago. Yeah. And that's the same thing. I like, I, it's I like, it's kind of very similar. Like, like, it's yeah. the exact same movie, almost. Yeah, like, like it's, they're, they're done kind of differently, but it's like the same the premise of like, premise face and face it changed. Yeah. All right, all but right. I do prefer the face of another, obviously. I, think I, I love the Doctor in this movie, too. Yes. Like, it's just like so... No, I mean, it's just a great movie, like... First off, what is what is like Japanese society after World War II doing to people basically like that's a huge thing about it but then like the main theme of the movie obviously is like the masks that people wear like it's not even just that this guy changed his face it's like what the face is doing to him basically or like him changing his mask is just like a metaphor for everyone for like just everyone in life like we all have different masks that we wear yeah. with different people and even like why does he even want to do it in the first yes. place like what's force like what why does he feel like he needs to do this kind of thing yeah also yeah. No, it brings up a lot of questions just like that. No, it's a it's a deep movie and it's amazing. But I still need to watch. I still need to watch his other like Cheshire Kahara's other movies. But because I especially like, you haven't, seen the the I haven't seen one of the dudes. I haven't seen that one. I've only seen Pitfall. Face Another. So yeah, yeah I haven't seen those are the big too. three that he has. Those, done those are the only three I've seen, but he has some others that I need to watch. No, yeah, I think I have one of his other movies downloaded. Not 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 the two the two other ones that are like the big ones that people have seen that Criterion yeah. has released, but. Um, but yeah, so The Face of Another was my number eight. My number nine, I will get my Chris Marker on here. It is going to be Logite. Yeah, that had to be um, picked. <laughs> yeah, no, it had to be picked. And I think it's... I think I prefer if I had four dromedaries more than uh, Logite. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I do like Logite more. Because it is like a sci-fi movie. It's another, yeah, it's another yeah. amazing sci-fi movie. Done still images. Like, we've already talked about this movie as well, but... Yeah. Like it's just it's another like I think like I think we brought up on our on the podcast that we did of it your brother's review Thomas yeah, yeah, yeah. like he does more <laughs> with three frames a second than than everyone else can do with like twenty four frames a second you know Basically, like yeah. but that's literally how the movie feels like he tells like one of the greatest sci fi like sci fi stories in thirty minutes using only still images like yeah. and it makes it feel so like. It's like it, it might be. It might be the, the sounds greatest. are used so well yes. in this one. That's why it makes it feel really sci-fi too. Yeah, well, it, it might be the greatest tra- time travel movie, also. Like, Honestly, it's definitely yeah, one of them because it like it uses his theme of memory that he uses yes. has in all of his movies, and he uses that in like a sci-fi context so well, um, and just like the idea of like because the idea of a memory and image to him is like 
he always he explores that in a lot of his movies but using that in a sci-fi context and like literally using that like as the film is just told with images itself it's just like it's just like on another level it's, it's really great yeah um no it's just like it's one of those movies you kind of just have to experience too i don't yeah. know like yeah it's weird like when you describe a movie it's like oh you're only watching like images and sounds and it's still like a great and it's only 30 minutes but it's like one of the best time travel movies like you almost can't believe it until you have to see it and honestly you know? the moment of the one frame that's uh actual film like the actual like uh moving wait what's the, the, the girl blinking yeah, yeah. Oh, oh shit oh yeah. yeah damn it's so good yeah and we've talked about it before no, yeah, so go back and start yeah. it's so good uh, um but yeah that's my number nine so right, had to get chris parker on there number nine luke how many American movies have we picked on so far? Uh, I, I picked one American movie. So far, I have literally zero. So, because <laughs> I'm just curious. You have one, and oh, so Blake was, picked one, 2001. I guess. Uh, oh yeah, 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 I did do that one. So, yeah. Did you pick one? Uh, I don't think I. No, have he made one. all okay. his movies in London. Doesn't count. Because I was just because my next pick is going to be an American movie, and I was just curious. Uh, would you count? Is Once Upon the West Italian? It's Italian. It's Italian okay. Yeah. Has American actors. But but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so there's two, basically. American or an, an American actor. I mean, Harry I don't Fonda, know. Isn't Harry Fonda American? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is he the only American, though? I mean, Charles Bronson. Oh, is Charles Bronson. I think he's American. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Who I, else is in that movie? Oh, wait, the. Wait. Let me just look it up. I can't remember. I mean, I'm pretty. It's they're all American speakers. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, they're who's all the, speaking. Who's the, who's the woman in that movie? I can't. Remember oh, Claudia Cardinale. She's yeah. Italian. Oh, okay. She's, she's Italian. Italian. Like, yeah. She's in the Leopard too, actually. Oh, uh, okay. she's like one of these. Yeah, she's hot. So. Oh, and she's in Eight and a Half. Oh, she's in quite a few of my movies. Wow, she ruled the sixties, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> right, anyway, sixties. I mean, she um, she deserved to. Okay, so next pick is an American movie, uh, Hitari, directed by Howard Hawks. I think I brought this up last week. Because we, we talked about a Hawks movie. Yeah, I, yeah. I mentioned this movie. I've got mentioned Atari a lot, so... Do I mention it a lot? Yeah, I, I mentioned it in the the Checkpoint episode for favorite I just know use of you, animal. You, you mentioned Atari a lot. I, I probably... It's, it's... Okay. You, you also watched... We also watched that... Was it a French movie where they had the poster? Oh, okay, yeah. Contempt had the poster in the back. Yeah, yeah Contempt. Yeah. I mean, one, one, of the, one of the best posters of all time. That's a great poster. So, Atari, it's... Howard Hawks take it, to me it feels like Howard Hawks taking his hangout tendencies to like the absolute maximum because it's a it's a hundred and sixty minute hangout movie and it's like the breeziest like movie ever like uh like and he, he's literally just like filming breezy uh, a, gr- a group of like uh, safari hunters in Africa just like chilling and having fun breezier than Altman's movies yes so yeah hmm. it's it's even less plot than that like there's, even like, less there's plot. literally okay, like okay. you're selling me zero plot. Like, you're selling me uh it's it is a long it's movie. just vibes so so many great vibes great animals too some of the best funniest animal scenes ever right. like john wayne's in it like it does look good i'm not gonna lie yeah it it's good. so good like he he apparently from what i've heard because movies about them like trying to meet their quota of like capturing animals which i guess is a little questionable now but it's so true. Hey, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. It's 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 still amazing. Okay. Uh. Anyway, I don't want, I don't want to like piss anyone off. I say that. But anyway. Uh. Is it's apparently he like just filmed the the safari trapping scenes and then just kind of built the movie around that. Just kind of improvised the rest of it and mm. it's it just it's so good. It's a hilarious movie, heartwarming movie. It's it's classic Hawks, but yeah. If you love like just chill like vibe movies, that's like I can't even think I can't even think of uh, safari scenes without thinking of like Sansa anymore. The giraffe dying, so 
Oh, damn. I'm this one's not as, like... Because they're not killing them. Okay. Because they're just capturing them. I think for zoos? Yeah, that's what it says. Even worse. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're not, they're not killing the animals. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what's worse, dying or being confined? Which, to yeah, the, 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 the actual like capturing scenes are insane that he filmed that like in the sixties, like because they're actually real, from what I understand. Like mm-hmm. you can tell. So, all right. Um, I think it's my pick. Number nine. Uh, Blake mentioned this earlier. I'll, have to, I'll pick. I'm saved it for now. Doctor Strangelove. Because okay. I have to have a Kubrick on here too. Yeah. Like I had no have an Ozu. I mean, this one is kind of relevant recently because we had Oppenheimer. And, like, I liked Oppenheimer, but it has, like, a lot of problems with, I have with, like, certain movies where, like, it just, like, it's trying to tell, like, a grand story about, like, a social problem, but it's, like, too focused on the character, like, his, like, individual arcs, like, it's, like, trying to balance both, but to what I love about Kubrick, especially this movie, is, like, it focus, it can focus clearly on the idea of, like, what the nuke means and, like, who's in charge of it without having to really focus on any of the characters because all of them are kind of either stupid or just evil, you know? Like, it doesn't have an Oppenheimer that's trying to, like, yeah. show us some conflicted hero that has all these emotions or whatever, you know? Like, it's it's just literally about this idea of what, what, what if, like, these are the people in charge of making the nuke or, like, in charge of the nuke. Not making the nuke, yeah. not making it, but these are in charge of the people in charge of taking care of it or, you know... Not you know using it. Yeah, or using it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's just very funny. Like, all of Kubrick's movies are really funny, and, like, I used to think this was his funniest, and now, like, I've gone through his movies a few times, like, it kind of just depends on what I'm feeling, like, what yeah. his funniest movie is, but this is maybe his, his it is his comedy, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. in that way, it's his funniest movie, but, uh, what do you guys think about the movie? I need, I haven't seen it in, like, a long time. Really? Damn. Well, Doctor Strange looks great. I mean, Peter Sellers alone playing, like, four roles. Or, yeah, I, I think I've seen Doctor Strange like, three times, probably, which is not as much as you, I don't think, but. See, I mean, that was one of my first enough. Kubrick movies, and. I think I watched it too soon. And dude, like, I uh, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had this high, we had this teacher in high school, um, Cunningham. Yeah. He always mentioned this as one of his favorite movies, okay. and I always thought about that. Like when I first watched, like when I was beginning to watch movies, like, uh, like going through IMDb list, like type of watch movies. Uh, I still remember like watching Doctor Strange Love because he he loved it so much. Yeah. I even remember loving it. No, Doctor. So Doctor Strange Love, I love Paths of Glory a lot. I think Doctor Strange Love is better, probably. But it's, like, his upgraded version of that story, basically, with more comedy. Just, like, showing how, like, insanely stupid slash funny it is that these are the people in charge, basically. Like, because Passive yeah. Glory is about the same thing. It's about the people in charge. Yeah, because... Yeah. I, I like, yeah. like, controlling people is, and, yeah. like, sending them on the head. Yeah. And, like, thinking they're literally yeah. ants. Yeah, because I've heard... And Doctor Strange looks a lot, I like, think, very similar. I think Matthew Modine has said that he talked to Kubrick about it. Kubrick told him that uh, when he initially... He wanted to make a movie about, like... Uh, focusing on like the Cold War and kind of the aspect of like the nuke and stuff, but then he quickly realized like he has to make it a comedy. Yep. And yeah, I remember, yeah. He's, Kubrick talked about it too because like he went into writing the script as a serious movie. Yeah. And he's like, it just has to be learning more yeah. about it and like how many things literally could go wrong and stuff. Yeah. Like it kind of just had to be a comedy. But that's what I was saying. But even some of later Kubrick's movies feel like comedies because that's true about a lot of his later movies as well, where that it's not even directly comedy, but it's like. You can tell he's making fun of these people that are in the movie and stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah Doctor Strangelove. Okay. But by the way, before you make your first next pick, I want to put some pressure on you because there is one movie that I'm like frankly shocked you haven't picked yet. Uh. Oh yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, like how's he not picked that yet? <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm thinking. Am I forgetting something? I feel like you might be, but I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm. I'm thinking you like Mel de Jour, maybe. No, maybe yeah. you just maybe you just doesn't like Truffaut that much, you know. 
<laughs> he still doesn't know. No way. He hates Truffaut. <laughs> he hates Truffaut, yeah. Jules and Jim? Yeah. I was, I'm surprised you haven't picked that yet. I honestly what? think I forgot to add it to my list. Wait, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did forget to add it. So. <laughs> I was wondering, because, like, I know... But you... I'm not going to pick it, because I did forget. So, I'm going to be honest. Fan. I'm kind of excited about it. Not a real Truffaut fan. Yeah. Damn. I mean, honestly... Would that be on, like... Was that one It would have been up here, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because I figured it would. I was like, I'm surprised you haven't picked it yet. Actually... I don't know if it would have been ahead of any of these. Because it's like one of your favorite French New Wave films, right? Like, honestly, this one might be better than the one I'm about. To oh, play. okay. <laughs> but it's kind of a ch- it's like different though, like because uh, it's a documentary. I watched it recently, the Louis uh, Lumiere, uh, Lumiere oh. documentary. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I, that, I mean, yeah. it's technically French New Wave. It's yeah, a Roman yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but dude, honestly, like the reason why I say that it's it's like kind of it's I love these kind of documentaries, but this one is like so perfect because you it's you have Romer first of all, who's like a giant in his own right. Yeah. But he's basically just, like, interviewing. So first you have uh, Renoir, and uh, the other guy he's interviewing is the guy who was in charge of the cine- the French theater for a long time. I forgot what it was called. Like the- It was this famous uh, Paris theater that played a lot of famous movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the curator of it and stuff. I forgot his name. No, his name is uh, Henry Langlois. Langlois. Yeah. Uh, but both of them, he uh, Romer's interviewing both of them about uh, Lumiere's uh, films. And so... They're like in a Romer. He'll cut he every time they talk about uh, some of them. He'll cut in one or two of like Lumiere's like little shorts. Yeah. So over the course of like the movie's like 50, uh, the documentary's like fifty minutes, you probably see like twenty or thirty shorts. Okay. Um, while going through it, but then the best part about it is you really get to see Renoir, but actually both of them, uh, talk about kind of their views on like how cinema has evolved from Lumiere's point, uh, yeah. from that time, and it's kind of amazing. Like, because uh, you get like, and the reason why I love it so much because is you get like. Lumiere, which is like kind of generation one of film, yeah, and then you get Renoir, who's like a little, who's later, maybe two or three generations after, like thirties, yeah, forties, forties, and then you have Langlois, who's like the generation before Romer, okay, and then you have Romer, who's like uh, the who's uh, he actually Romer, yeah, Romer's a little later, but Romer's sixties, um, but he was older too, so yeah, he was like, older, so okay, you can say he was kind of his probably the same age as Langlois, but uh, but either way, you have all these different generations, and you kind of have Romer too, like. He's kind of instigating, like he's like kind of challenging them too, like being okay. like, because uh, at the end of the documentary, Renoir and Langlo kind of disagree on like Lumiere's like uh, kind of oh. impact and everything. Um, so it is interesting to watch yes. too. I just love it, like kind of just the evolution of. Cinema well, I, I've recently I'm, I realized I need to watch more like uh, read and watch more like commentary about like the Cairo cinema on different films because I saw a clip of uh, Truffaut talking about uh, Jean Vigo and like kind of what what he would be now if he didn't die so young. And, like, just the way he was talking about it, I was like, damn, I love this. Like, I need yeah, to watch awesome. more of this. Like, I know, but now we have TikTokers now, right? They're basically catching your cinema. Oh, my gosh. You saw the article, right? Yeah. Oh, like, I, I saw that. No, it was, like, a oh, New York boy. Times article. Where, like, there's TikTokers well, that are, like, basically the new uh, character cinema, like, critics. And they're, like, sponsored, like, Dude, TikTokers. Okay, oh, and I'll, I'll, I'll just show bad. you one of their letterboxes yeah, we'll afterwards, show and so I'm just gonna do that, uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll have to show them after, Alright. Uh, one of the most cringe articles I've ever seen in my life. But, like, oh, yeah, I'm sure they're, they were doing some stuff. TikTok is doing stuff like this, too, you yeah. know, when we made the documentary. Oh, man. <laughs> but also, this, what's crazy about this documentary, too, this was on French TV. This documentary uh, was made for French TV, so, like, you would never get shit like this now. Like, can yeah. you imagine, like, one yeah. person, like, watching this? On TV. Yeah, <laughs> like it, honestly, it's honestly insane. Like, ugh. we would, <laughs> yes, we yeah, would. we would. But, but the fact that this was actually on TV, yeah. people were interested in, you know, like because Roman made a lot of TV documentaries like this before he really got started, like making movies. So, mm-hmm. um, 
had to get a rumor on there. Well, too. no, there was a. I mean, there, that's a huge thing. Like just France in general making educational movies yes, exactly. or TV TV sponsors. No, other basically. countries have that too. Like yeah. they're, spo- they're sponsored by the state too. Yeah. Like France, even now, like we'll, we'll, we'll actually talk about this with Sai. Because Sai's like later movies, some of them been funded by uh, yeah. been made in France, and that's because they still fund artists like art artistic movies. Like yeah, like they funded like they, they funded, funded, funded movies. They funded exactly. this exactly. because that's in the loop. Like exactly. it's literally in the loop. So. Exactly. Yeah. Which is awesome. Oh, but they, they they like from the beginning, literally from Lumiere, they've already they've always appreciated yeah. their kind of uh, history and uh, cinema. Honestly, yeah. and I know that country, I really so. wish that Tati would have been able to do something with TV because I know in the sixties, well, he did Traffic. No, well, that, this is what I'm talking about. Emperor. Like like after Playtime, he was wanting to do something called Tati TV. Oh, because he did not like obviously TV and TV shows, and going to America was something that like made him even like hated even more. Yeah, just like TV and like what it's doing to people, and so he wanted to make a movie like dissecting that, but he never got to obviously. Although 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 Traffic gets a little bit like that, it has some of yeah, that, in there, but he actually was going to do something like that for. I think he was going to make it for French TV, but I can't remember. But I mean, I mean, Parade is for Swedish TV technically. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Wait, okay, it's my turn. Yeah, my turn. So uh, there, there's probably some other movies in the sixties that are that I might like better this now, but to be honest, this movie I watched it for the first time last year, and it's like n- no one ever talks about it, and so I kind of just want to give light to it. Um, it's a movie that grew a lot in my mind from the f- when I initially watched it. Um, it's an Italian film called The Moment of Truth, directed by Francisco Rossi. And basically, this movie's about this bull, a rise, the rise of a bullfighter uh, who kind of rises from poverty uh, in, in, in uh, Spain. And basically, what's so fascinating about this movie is that it's shot in cinemascope, but it's like a neorealist kind of story. Um, and so it's like, and basically, there's uh, a lot of the scenes where it's like the bullfighting, where it's just filmed from a distance, and all, all you're just seeing is just, he just hangs on the bullfighting. And it's so good. Like, I, I it, bullfighting is really cool and just like super like it, it. It's it's very cinematic in a way. And this movie like kind of opened my eyes to like uh, it's it's amazing. I need to rewatch it too, just um, so I can like really slow my thoughts on it. But it, it's a movie like I, I I stayed in my mind for a while and yeah, it looks interesting. Very good. Also, the guy who played the main actor in it is actually was actually a bullfighter too. So that kind of adds like the more like mm-hmm. neo realist like real realist to it. Like, but yeah, highly recommend it. Only wait, only two point seven, at uh, two point four thousand people on Letterboxd have logged it. So. Have you watched it, Criterion? Yeah. yeah. yeah right, fantastic like. movie. Number ten closes out. Yeah, my last pick. It's it's honestly hard to choose between the last two because one of them is one of the ones that got me into movies in the first place, and the other one is a Saw G Ray movie that I love. Um, so I'm just gonna choose the one that got me into movies since we've already talked about Ray a little bit. Ray, the Ray movie would have been the Big City. It is higher than this one that I have on my list, but I wanted to talk about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid oh, okay. because that is another American movie, but it's. It's one of the first movies where I, that I watched where it actually made me actually get into movies. It was one of the ones... So there's a community college here called NWAC, or Northwest Arkansas Community College. And the film teacher there is actually really good. Like, yeah. she picks some really solid movies to, like, get you... To, like, like for basic for basic people like me, like like me whenever I was back, back in the day, like, who didn't really know much about movies. Like, she picked some really good ones to actually get you interested. Like, this is the first time I watched Psycho, Citizen Kane, like, all yeah. these movies, obviously, like, the, the major ones. But she picked Butch, Butch Cassidy and the Sunday's Kid as well. 
And whenever I watch that, it's one of the ones first off that made me realize Paul Newman is like one of the greatest actors that I've seen, honestly. And Robert Redford, honestly, because yeah. they're both really they're both really good in that movie. Like, um, they were two they were two of my favorite actors for the longest time whenever I watched this. Because I I remember watching The Sting right after that, because they're both in that one as well together, which is also yeah. an amazing movie. But it's just like one of the coolest movies just about camaraderie through like anything, almost. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's just I I, I never I never got the Robert Redford praise until I, I watched I, I never George got, Roy Hill yeah George yeah, Roy yeah, he's yeah, also yeah. the one that did a, that did the sting yeah, yeah. I, I I never understood the Robert Redford hype until I watched all the President's Men oh, he's and, so th- and then I was like holy shit he's actually really cool no like, Robert <laughs> Redford is like such he's such a he's such a great actor man yeah but like Paul Newman also like he like he reminds me a lot of Hugh Grant at least. Like whenever I think, whenever I think about it, I don't know. I haven't seen like I haven't seen too many, but just in terms of like, especially the eyes. Oh, okay. Like the the piercing blue eyes. Like people okay, can yeah, f- yeah, people yeah. film that. Like George Roy Hill, especially in this movie, filmed it well. But like, if you have, if you have eyes like that, I don't know, dude. Like there's just some there's some directors just know how to use stuff like that. Yeah. But Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, like I said, it's one of the movies that got me into watching movies. I think I've seen it like four or five times now. Damn. I'm it's like it's one of my favorite westerns as well. Have to had to had to book and uh, had to book in my my western? top ten with westerns. You know, yeah, once know. upon a time first. So sixties <laughs> is like your yeah. western decade maybe. Yeah, probably. It's one. You know, it's kind of like the decade where it's coming to an end. Really. Yeah. The western. Yeah. Yeah. It got revitalized with the spaghetti western. But well, yeah, that's I, I thought about I thought about picking great the great silence, which is a spaghetti western. No, yeah, we, I need we, to watch that. We can go ahead and talk about like the movies that didn't make it because there's quite a bit there's still from this decade that like none of us picked like. Alright, name a few. Um, Chimes at Midnight for me. Well, I'll just do mine. Yeah. Uh, Psycho, Great Silence, Persona, I very much considered, though I need to rewatch it before. The Apartment, Breathless, Harakiri, Brother Sherborg with Ultra Vita, Yojimbo Sanjuro, Andre Rublev was a big mm, one that we yeah, always picked. Yeah, that was picked. a big one. Quiet End. Charade, yeah, Quiet End. The Battle of Algiers, uh, Peeping Tom, uh, My Night at Mods. Le True, Rock and His Brothers, um, a lot of honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, like there's a lot of great movies in six. Yeah, so. There's a few. Like there's I'll name a few. Uh, Renee's uh, J to Me, J to Me, or I Love You, I Love You. Yeah. Uh, Boone Bell de Jour, and then another Ray movie I love is The Hero. Oh, yeah, the Hero's great. Those are three, yeah. I guess. There's a lot though. I'm probably gonna do a top fifty on Letterboxd. Oh, sixties. Yeah, oh, I'll probably yeah. just have it. I'm, I'm I did one for that fifties too. Like rank two or? No, I didn't rank. Uh, not ranking. The only two I want to point out that Luke didn't get to is The Color of Pomegranates is amazing. And then being yeah. two as an easy as Kanishikawa. That's a really good, really good yeah. Japanese movie. Pigs and Battleship. Uh, Echo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Kuran Echo's in the, in the, in the 60s, too. Yeah, there's but, a lot. Alright. Uh, so what are we doing next week, Luke? I mean, well, Blake, wanna, well, okay, should, we read, read, should, we ta- should we read? Yeah, read oh, yeah. all our stuff. Okay. Yeah, our picks. Uh, Alright, Luke, you go first. Okay. Um, Playtime, eight and a half. The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Les Samurai, The Young Girls of Rochefort, The Leopard, Alphaville, Lenote, Hatari, and The Moment of Truth. And Blake? So mine was Once Upon a Time in the West, 2001 Space Odyssey, Dragon Inn, Cleo from 5 to 7, Red Beard, Viva Seville, Funeral Parade of Roses, The Face of Another, La Jetée, and Butch Casting and the Sundance Kid. My top ten is An Autumn Afternoon, Charlotte, High and Low, Le Bon If I Had Four Camels, Two or Three Things I Know About Her, Al Hassard Balthazar, 
Yeah. X of the Apostles, Doctor Strangelove, and Louis Lumiere, the documentary. All right. And next week, we are getting to one of my favorite directors, my favorite director, Tony Scott. I'm <laughs> no, that was just a joke. Oh, that was just I a joke. Switch up. Switch up. I love, hey, hey, switch hey, switch I, up. I love <laughs> The Unbreakable, so... Or oh, did you? Okay, yeah, finally, finally. Yeah, finally. Yeah, Dude, Unstoppable so, was a great movie. Yeah, 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 I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you loved it. But no, we're actually doing Simon Leong. That, he's, my, he's my favorite director. One of my favorite directors, too. Um, yeah, we're excited to get to it. We're doing Rebels of the Neon God and Viva, Viva City. And Viva <laughs> Lamar. <laughs> we're doing Viva, uh, yeah, Rebels of the Neon God and Viva Lamar right. next week. Get ready. All right, it's going to be next week. Bangers, but yeah. Hope to see you floating through the clouds.